This is Rich Little's A Christmas Carol, starring Rich Little as W.C. Fields, Paul Lynn, Richard Nixon, Edith Bunker, John Wayne, and many, many more. If we think that they are against us, we're going to shoot them and kill them, period. Because that's the only thing we've got going for us, is we can put them away and get information. If we can't put them away and they're going to use our court system, kill them. Hello and welcome to Rap Jack and the Prince of Mediocre Sacrifices, a Messiah story. Hi guys, I am Alex, and joining me today in the Ramjack studio is Brad. Hello! Welcome to our show. Welcome. And happy holidays. Happy holidays! It's here, Brad. It's here! It's, oh, well, it's almost here, I, the I guess. The solstice is upon us! It is this week! <laughs> Cannot wait. Oh. The longest night of the year. The longest... The longest explosion of joy in your heart? Yes. It's also the day with the most hope. Reason for the season. It, it, it is the original reason for the season. Reason for the season. For realsies. None of that crazy Jizo nonsense. None of that. That's None not, of that Hanukkah bullshit. No. That's not a reason for a season. No. Winter Solstice is the reason for the season, assholes. Deal with it. Get it right. Came first, and it's the best. Solstice <laughs> for the win. Came first. It was here before we were. It came first, and it came correct. <laughs> People try to improve it. They just can't. They try to copy it. Try to put their own spin on it, but they cannot. Cannot. It's coming. Be ready. For realsies. <laughs> Celebrate it proper. Oh, man. Oh. It's been a while, Brad. It has been. What's been new? I heard you got some crazy shopping deals. Um, I have a tale of epic bargaining. I've been doing some wheeling and dealing. <laughs> That's what I do. I really cannot wait to hear this. I'm, I'm so excited to tell you this because I haven't been able to, and it's awesome. Well, Alex, if you notice, um, I, I got my PS3. When I walked through the door today in the Ramjack Studio B, I saw uh, Mortal Kombat versus uh, the DC Universe on your screen and thought, Brad's got his PlayStation 3. Yes. Nice. I'm back in the game. I'm back in the game. Well, I should point out, um, hold on. I have the Harry <laughs> Potter edition of the PS3. I was not prepared for that. <laughs> I wasn't particularly interested in getting a Harry Potter version. But it's the same price as the regular version of the PS3, but it comes with the 3D Blu-ray Harry Potter movie. Oh. Now, my thoughts were I could just hopefully, you know, maybe, like, take it to a store and, like, you know, return it and be like, oh, yeah. But, of course, it's, like, a weird promo version. So I can't just, like, return it somewhere. But I will sell it somehow. Oh, you can easily sell that yeah. on anything. Come on, it's the 3D version of the Harry Potter movie. I know, seriously. If any listeners want the 3D version, um, you can buy it from me. Because I don't want it. At all. Make your bids. Highest bidder wins, right? Yes. I'll even autograph it. <laughs> <laughs> we'll both autograph it. Why not? It's a Ramjack DVD. Yeah. Oh, I was going to do as, as the as the actor. I was going to autograph it as Daniel Radcliffe. You, can, you oh. can give it to someone as a gift and lie to them. <laughs> but, mean, yeah, who so who I can that. really put a price on the joy that would bring a child? Yeah, but really, it's just a, you know, it's a regular PS3. No, no weird <laughs> no, Harry No, dude, it's a Harry Potter PS3. It is It will not. always know that it's that. It's the exact same thing. They just put a fancy box on it and I'm, stuck a Blu-ray in it. I mean, I'm pretty... I, I keep up on video game news like I do all tech. Mm -hmm. And I thought I knew about all the little bundles that they were doing. I didn't even realize there was a 3D version. Yeah, yeah. Wow. Yeah. Are you not just the least bit curious? No. I... <laughs> 
I watched no. uh, the one before part one. What was that one? I don't know. I read. I, I read. I we discussed this on the show. I read all the books a couple of years ago, and they're horrible. They're pretty bad. I saw. I've seen two of the movies. I saw the first one, and uh, I guess Half Half Blood Prince. I think was the one I saw. Both of them not enjoyable to watch. <laughs> I don't like Harry Potter, and it's not good. So this is for sale. I'll gladly autograph it as the as the star of your choice. <laughs> let me know. Just let me know. But that's not that's um I bought it from Amazon because Amazon had a deal at the time um where if you buy this bundle, they send you a $50 gift card. So I was like, "Well, that's that's a $200 PS3 with a Blu-ray that I can hopefully wheel and deal and sell." Awesome. <laughs> of course, Amazon all the weeks leading up to the holidays um, they have been having like their crazy deals, and I was like, "Well, if I'm getting fifty dollars, let's let's buy a game for this PS3." Again, I'm not a huge gamer, but you know, it's fun to dip in every once in a while. So let's see let's see what I can get. So I kept an eye out, and I caught Amazon was having like a video game sale. So I'm looking at it and I'm like, "I've got fifty dollars to spend. What am I gonna get?" So and of course, I've had Alfio's recommendations. I've had things that I've kept an eye on, and so I'm looking around. And I'm like, "That new Mortal Kombat is on sale for half price." Awesome. So. I'm like, okay, well, definitely got to get the new Mortal Kombat for $30 when, like, you know, in a store it would cost $60. Awesome. If I went to Target right now, that would cost $60. I'm going to get it for $30. Also, they had, like, the Batman um, um, Arkham Asylum game for, like, $15. Oh, dude. For, like, the big special edition game of the year or whatever. Did you, could you pick that up? Yes. Nice. But I'm like, I still had some money to spend. What should I do? Huh. <sighs> hmm. You know... If I bought this copy of Mortal Kombat for $30, it would cost $60 at Target. What if I bought two copies of Mortal Kombat <laughs> and return one, wheeling and dealing, and then, because that's the same price as, like, a brand new game. So then I could pick up something like Skyrim, which all the kids are talking about. Oh, yeah. So I'm like, you know, I've never had, like, a brand new video game that's really popular before. Maybe I should do that. Are you doing it? Did it. Did it? Have you been playing Skyrim? No, no, I haven't got it yet. It's on the... <laughs> I was going to say, dude. It'll be here tomorrow. Um... But, um, yeah, so that's what I'm gonna do. Also, last time I went to Target, I bought a space heater, and when I checked out, they gave me, um, a coupon for spend $50, get $5 off your order. What? Yes. <laughs> also, they're running, uh, they, because Skyrim's, like, the big popular game, they're selling it for $10 off, so it's actually 49 instead of 59 right now. Which means... This video game that I got through a gift card <laughs> at half price for $30, I'm going to take, trade in. I'm going to get it for $49, buy a pack of gum, <laughs> drop this coupon. I've got a game that <laughs> for super cheap. That's awesome. That's wheeling and dealing. And $5 off more at, at, yes. at Target. Yeah. They don't. They won't be able to see you coming. It's no, just like it's just me wheeling bam. and dealing with holiday schemes. Yeah, this is a gift. I want to return it, please. And also, I'm gonna uh, sell this Harry Potter. Bam! I got what? Planet of the Apes. I got something awesome. Whenever, as soon as I get rid of this thing, as soon as I get this out <laughs> of my apartment. I noticed it says the 3D. We mentioned that. Does it? Is that supposed to top the PS3's Blu-ray capabilities? Yeah, yeah. Nice. It's got the the Blu-ray here. In case you're interested in buying, has the is the regular Blu-ray version and the 3D Blu-ray version. So, uh... But you can only use the 3D on a PlayStation, correct? No, you can use it on any 3D. Oh. Any Blu-ray or Blu-ray player that does 3D. Some of them don't because they're shitty Blu-ray players, but you shouldn't own those. Just buy a PS3. It's like the best Blu-ray player. Yeah. And at Amazon, you can get crazy deals. Oh, um, by the way, I need to kick this story up another notch. Oh. So I did all this wheeling and dealing. I'm like, I am the most awesome. Scheming, trading things into Target. That's like shifty tactics. I'm wheeling and dealing. 
I get home and I get an email from Amazon. It's like, oh, here's your uh, gift card, but I already got it. Huh, why'd they send me that again? I look, it's a different number. They sent me a second video. <laughs> <laughs> what? So my immediate thing was, okay, fuck, I gotta spend this fast before they realize they made a mistake and like cancel it or something. Cause once you spend it, like, they're, well, they're not gonna go back on you. I don't think they yeah. can legally. Well, if they give you something like that, I mean, that's their bad. Yeah. So I'm like, well, fuck. Da, 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 da. And why would they do anything? Even if they did take legal action, that's like small claims court. That's like going after... Yeah, well, yeah. That's I like mean, nothing to them. 50 yeah, bucks. Right. But there's a chance that maybe they could have canceled like the code or something before I used it. But you used it. Yeah, but I Good used job. it immediately. Good job. So I ordered um, I ordered a Twin Peaks Firewalk with me movie. Because huh? I need to get that for the podcast anyway. So that was that was cheap. No worries there. I got uh, uh, Blue Velvet, which is another uh, David Lynch movie, on Blu-ray. I got the awesome uh, PS3 uh, Blu-ray remote. Because really, uh, watching a movie and controlling it with the video game controller is confusing. <laughs> it's just, it's not... Because you want to take control of the actors on screen, <laughs> and you're just like, alright, jump. Hit I just, him. I, give me Hijack this car. I don't understand. Movies on Grand Theft Auto, Brad. Yeah, it's, well, it's not, it's just not intuitive at all. To use as a you know a movie control, you just can't. It sucks. Yeah. So weird. I got the remote. Um, finish off my Christmas shopping. Nice. Yeah. All on Amazon's time. All on Amazon's <laughs> time. I've gotten like I, again. I spent like I mean I think total. I think I may have spent. So you haven't done the hard math yet. Like three. I well because I'm like factoring because there's there's Christmas presents involved as well. So but really I think for myself I may have spent like three hundred twenty three hundred thirty dollars. Wow. For everything, and there were some things like um, that I just like bumped up the shipping on because I wanted to make sure I got it before holiday <laughs> Why not? insanity. Why not? Amazon's I was like, like yeah, else? I'm on Amazon's dime. I might as well throw them a couple dollars in shipping. But yeah, it's like three hundred thirty dollars for all of this stuff. <laughs> That's a slew of video games, yo. Yeah, I've got three video games. You're gonna be able to weather those cold, uh, this I... cold winter with video games only, dude. Skyrim's gonna be awesome. I've seen people play it on a 360, which is apparently got worse graphics. You're in for a treat. Skyrim, Mortal Kombat, and Batman? I'm I'm just... I've got more video games than I've ever had. And I mean, I don't know much about Mortal Kombat other than that it's awesome. Right. Even in a nostalgic sense, but Freddy Krueger's gonna be in there. Yes. Because you're not gonna... Yeah, you're gonna grab that. Hell yes. But Arkham Silence will be one of the best games ever. Right. And Skyrim is as well. Yeah. Good job. I did quite well for myself this year <laughs> on Amazon's dime. So Damn, yeah. Damn, man. That's awesome. Wheeling and dealing. I would, I never thought, because I saw some things from Amazon. They sent me emails like, hey, we're having a game sale, which I think may be the one you mentioned. Mm -hmm. But I never thought about buying games to sell back to Target. See, that's... I did that one year for something. I got a gift that I actually couldn't play on my computer. So I returned it and then returned it to another store too because the game I wanted wasn't at the other store. Mm -hmm. And I felt really bad about that for some reason. You're not. You're just shifting product. I mean, I know. It's fine. They're getting more to sell. They're going to yeah, sell yeah. it for their inflated price. It's capitalism. Again. It's capitalism. Yeah. Let me cash in on that by selling things back to you. Exactly. Because you're not keeping track of your stock and inventory. That's your bad, not mine, right? <laughs> I'm making, right? I'm making mad cash on the deal. Trickle down. It's cool. Wow, man. Good job. Wheeling and dealing. Good Wheeling job. Wheeling and dealing. You get any bargains lately? You get any awesome deals? Not really. I have not been getting the deals. Uh, between Black Friday and this me, me, uh, me and Amazon getting together, me conquering the Amazon like Teddy Roosevelt and Kermit. <laughs> <Yeah>. <laughs> That's what it is. That's it, yeah. That's, that's what it is. I can imagine you just like... Bully! Yeah, as you hitting the button, uh, you <laughs> see the $50 gift certificate land in your inbox. Bully. And <laughs> just whispering it. Love it. I mean, Dude, that is so awesome. This has been my year for bargains, 2011. <laughs> 
I want you to write an article or a blog post so people can do this too. Like, hey, <laughs> hey, all you couponers, you like getting deals? Well, check out this real deal. None of that bullshit food crap you guys clip every week. Dude, I saw an extreme couponer. Like in the wild? Yeah. Where? I, I was, was at it Kroger. Target? I was okay, at Kroger, Kroger like late at night, and there's this woman, and she had like the binder. And I was like, who is this stupid bitch that's standing in the way when I'm trying to get to something? Oh, fuck. And I just see her with the, with the book, and she's going through it. I'm like, what are you doing with your life? You would think these people who are extreme couponers would have already known what they needed, right? You when you think- say going through it, I imagine that she just went through the store, found the stuff that she wanted, and was like, well, let me save that a coupon for that in my giant book. Ah. See all of my work. Yeah. Cashier person. It's like it's like a scrapbook of, of shitty bargains. Gross. I mean, well, have you ever seen the show? No. It is. It's bananas. Things like that scare me, dude. Because it's the amount of time that goes into it is the problem. But they do come out with like hundreds of dollars worth of free stuff. People going in with so many coupons, only having to spend five bucks on right. like disturbing amounts of food. I have met someone who did an extreme couponing thing once because his mother did it apparently. And he was like regurgitating this information to us at a dinner once and even in his eyes he realized wait a minute what have i become yeah <laughs> but he got mad deals yeah and well i mean a lot of it's like you gotta buy stuff in bulk you gotta buy a lot of something yeah. so you're just like you're basically hoarding up certain items apparently meyer which is a store that's local and i guess the north or cincinnati or wherever the hell meyers are um they have a certain time of day on a certain day where you can do like double or triple coupons mm. I mean, yeah, it's like, who knows about this? Yeah, they don't like, advertise it. It's, well, it's because it's like nobody cares. I want to say that yeah. one guy got like six cans of vegetables for the price of like one can of vegetables. Mm-hmm. And he was really excited about that because he did the triple coupon thing at Meyer. Yeah. And I was like, dude, they're canned vegetables, yo. Yeah. What about fresh vegetables? Exactly. Like, I how much how much are they? He's stocking up. I mean, and I'm not belittling people yeah. with couponers. I mean, the thing terrifies me. And the fact that you saw it in line... I mean, my hands would have been over my mouth, like, unable to be oh. like, fuck, fuck, fuck. I would have texted you immediately, taking pictures from this, a distance. Seriously. And she, I'm, I'm not knocking it, I'm just but, saying. Oh, it was awful. And she, and it was one of those people that was just like, people in grocery stores that are just in the way. Oh, it's, man. I hate it. That's why I shop late at night. Because I can't stand people just standing in the way. I'm aware. I felt super bad the last time I was at Kroger because I rolled up behind some woman who was putting her groceries on the thing, and she put everything that she had in her upper compartment up there. And the way that she was acting, I thought she was done because she just was standing there. So I put the little divider thing and started putting my stuff on there. But it turns out she had like a lot of stuff underneath her cart, and she was kind of mad at me for starting to put my stuff up there. Yeah. And I thought, I walked up to you not doing anything. What are you why doing? Didn't you, why didn't you go ahead and put your stuff up there? <sighs> What? You weren't being held up or anything. I, that's just your bad. What's going on in your life where you have time to just stand around lackadaisically smelling the roses <laughs> of nothingness? <laughs> and then you get pissed off at people because they won't let you smell it. Maybe they're doing things. Maybe they have work to do. How about you go You go to a garden to smell the roses? <laughs> Stop standing in the middle of a grocery store taking up my super valuable time. Oh, man. Yeah. People who lollygag in grocery stores. Oh. When they're not supposed to be lollygagging. Bothers me. It's it's the worst. <laughs> Nonsense. Couponers, yo. By the way, I don't want to get into this in detail. Um, we, we mentioned it last episode about um, TLC's Virgin Diaries. Oh, God. Alex, you need to see this banana shit. <laughs> I, I saw oh, some man. things I wasn't... We, the Creepo Virgins we talked about were super creepy. That dude is a super closet case. 
there was um, some girls that like lived together and they were all virgins and like super proud of it. Like, we're virgins. And they were the worst. Were any of them attractive? No, of course not. Oh. The one of them was a reclaimed virgin. Oh, that's not real. Which is even worse. <laughs> what is that supposed to mean? <sighs> I mean, I know what it means, I guess, but... Fuck, I'm a reclaimed virgin. Like you're 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 taking value in all the wrong things at that point. <laughs> like there's nothing valuable in being a virgin. I'm going to give you my second virginity. Fuck uh, you. What? No, don't. Mm. What is it? It's the worst. Who cares? <laughs> but then there was a fellow who was the saddest human. Because he was the one that was wasn't a virgin by choice. He just couldn't meet anyone. And we see him making fudge in his apartment. Like, hey, dude, you're making fudge. You're the worst. <laughs> Why was he making fudge for the I, I think just to show him what a loser he was. I like to make fudge on my Tuesday nights, and we stay with my cats and watch television. He did have cats. Of course he had cats, dude. He invited his mother over for dinner, and yeah. he told her that he was a virgin, and asked if she had any advice. Gee, what? This explains a lot of the problems. Whoa. Um, she said, I think you need to get that taken care of. And she basically <laughs> joked it, hinted, kind of joking, kind of not, about maybe uh, seeing a hooker. <laughs> Just to have sex once in his life. Oh, so, it was awful. Most awkward thing I've ever seen. We see him go on a date. First date with someone. What should, what should you always bring on the first date? The fact that you're a virgin. Of course. Hey, like, dude. Hi. hi, I'm Alex. Nice to meet you. By the way, I'm a virgin. Maybe, what? Maybe you should cloak that shit, dog. Dude, yeah, don't tell anyone about that. <laughs> Especially not on a first date. I mean, they might realize when you're crying as you're having sex with them, if you get that far. <laughs> What's wrong with you? I'm a virgin. Well, not anymore. Fuck. I built my whole life on the effect that my identity is a virgin. What do I do now? I'm going to go home and make fudge and talk to Mr. Whiskers. <laughs> and I'll call mom. Hey, guy, there's a reason you're a 30-something-year-old virgin. I mean, fuck, man. Weird. I mean, fuck, man. But fuck, man. Wow. Yeah, you need to see the show, Alex. It's, it's bananas. Oh, dude. I haven't had much time to do much of anything these last couple of weeks. Most of it has been done doing illustration work for Christmas, a local digital Christmas card, which is awesome. But I just, between that and actually, guys, I apologize. My voice sounds weird. Um, I've been, I've had a weird thing happen to me over the last week. Did I ever tell you or the viewers? Viewers, again, I, I wish we were doing a television show, Brad. I can already imagine viewers. like a camera being set there and you saying something and me looking and, and then me saying something and you reacting to a camera hey! over there. The one being in front of us. Oh, I mean, it would really work in here. I think we got a nice studio space. I think we. I think between we this table and your yes. <laughs> awesome little couch. I, we should we make, make my apartment a studio. We should make a Ram Jacket television show. We, we're we're gonna do this. We're gonna make we're it's gonna a talk show. Yeah. Hey. So we're gonna. That's the new we year. We have guys. like a window where people can stand and like be like, hey, wave in at yes, us. Yes. <laughs> today show window. We have a today. I mean, it's perfectly set up. My apartment is the new video studio. Yeah. The new video studio. Rhyme Jack Studio B, but Video Studio 1. Yes. There you go. <laughs> Rhyme Jack VS1. <laughs> it works. I like it. I like it. But I just kind of crazy. I've realized being a diabetic, there are certain things that do not work well. One of them is not getting any sleep. I cannot not get sleep and then also have a blood sugar low the next day and be normal at all. It took me out. It was weird. I was at work. Everything was fine. We had our holiday party, which was awesome. And I was like, I don't feel too good. So I leaned back. And I was sitting on the floor. 
and I was using my arms to lift myself up, and then I felt glass go into my arm because someone didn't clean up the Christmas light that they broke. So I had it. You, it's right there. Ah. But, and it doesn't. It looks a lot better now. Mm. But I was fighting a blood sugar low in the floor, drinking orange juice as there was glass in my arm. Happy <laughs> took, holidays! Took me out. I don't know how it affected my voice. I think I was also sick at the same time. How do those things happen? But it was awesome. <sighs> the biggest regret is that for my Secret Santa gift at work, I got a remote control helicopter, which is awesome. And I was like, this is cool. Can't really use it right now because I can't. I need to worry about me. I, there's some things I gotta take care of. <laughs> But I've had it for almost a week now, and I haven't been able to plug it up or do anything with it because I've just been so trenched in work. Why did you not bring it here? Dude, I really wanted Should've to. Should have brought it to the studio. Well, I mean, we're still on borrowed time because i got to leave here and do work, too. Right, for right. It sucks. I mean, I, I get off Wednesday as the last day, and then it's like two whole weeks of vacation and fun times. I just got to get work done. But in the meantime, I've been trying to watch television. And have you ever watched Battlestar Galactica? Uh, the new one? Yeah. Maybe most of the first season, maybe into the second a little bit. You didn't really capture you then, I guess? You just stopped? Uh, yeah, I just stopped. I jumped in at halfway through the last season, and I'm rewatching the last season while I'm drawing because most of my work now is illustration work. And, dude, it is just... There's something so real about the uh, racism and just... It, it makes you hate people. <laughs> it's a show to watch. It's like, ah... Humans it's the worst. almost the equivalent of watching the news, like not the local news, but serious news, and being like, "Why are we doing this? People uh, just stop." Because it's so like realistic mm. in certain respects. It's just, it's gross. So I've been depressed recently. I, I would have to say, I don't know how to get out of this. No, Brad, I was just started talking you're about things gonna, happening to me you're recently. Just in a deep dark hole, Alex. I do, yeah, you know, but it's a holiday season. I know it'll bring you out of that hole. What, what's going to save us, Brad? Wait, what was that? What was that? It almost seems like it's in, like it may be part of a trio or something. I don't know. Uh, Alex, uh, describe this 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 awesome item I'm holding in my hand. Guys, before I came to uh, record with Brad today, I stopped by McDonald's to His, grab something to Alex's eat. Alex's favorite my restaurant. My favorite restaurant. People know this. Yes. Next to Denny's, <laughs> it's the probably the best place you can go for a meal. Defo. Um, I was confused by something called a holiday pie, because mm-hmm. um, the picture looked like uh, something crazy, um, but then I did notice that they had uh, chipmunk, uh, Alvin and the Chipmunk toys, yeah. um, and I thought, I know someone who would enjoy that. <laughs> so I got one for Brad. Yay! Happy early holidays, friend. Oh my god! And I also got Brad a holiday pie. The holiday pie was almost against my will, because they wouldn't <laughs> sell me just one. I can't get less than a cup of soup at Tom and Chi, and they won't let me get just one holiday pie at McDonald's. <laughs> I even questioned it. Why do I have two pies? Oh, one's 50 cents, and it's a special. You get two for the same price. And the guy winked at me. Why did he wink at me? What is with this McDonald's always... This was the same place that ups, upsold me on the, Dude. On the double cheeseburger. Why, why, they're pushing product. <laughs> get you in with winks and nods. Hey, I put the cheese on there anywhere for you. Hey. Oh, don't worry. Have an extra holiday pie. By the way, I think you just got the. I think you got the extra holiday pie, so I would have to endure a holiday pie with you. <laughs> we enjoyed it, ish. It's you no. Know, it was it's, a weird thing. It's not bad, but it's certainly not good. When you open it, it it has like the confetti coloring on it. Yeah. Okay. It's like a weird, weird color of like 
It looks almost like raw dough. Yeah. But it's cooked-ish. <laughs> yeah, and it's got like uh, um, spring confetti sprinkles that are kind of yeah. melted onto it. And they're not holiday so much because they're like red, yellow, and blue, I think. Yeah, it's just bright and colorful. But the inside is a is a weird eggy custard. Yeah. It is... In theory, I guess that could sound good if you did it right, but McDonald's is giving them away. <laughs> they can't. They have to give them away. Yeah. Yeah, that's, that's not a thing. But... Yes, so Alex. <laughs> it's not a thing. Alex gave me this little this little figure. It's Simon, who it's is Simon. awesome, my fave. With his hand over his heart. He is, and y- y- you press the back here, and he makes this awesome sound. I don't, I don't understand. Have no I, idea what. Like, it is. I'm, I'm just wondering, is it a malfunction? Is this one like defective? Does he make the wrong sound? Like, I, I don't, don't. Surely not. It's too orchestrated. Does he make multiple sounds? That's so... I don't understand. I, I theorize that they might go together as a trio, and you need all three of them, and when you hit the button, <laughs> they it, all... Yeah, yeah, it would make... It all works. It would sound like something. It's a perfect harmony. Yeah. I don't know what else would be... <laughs> I don't know what else would be part of that. It's so weird, but it's awesome. But it's an awesome little sculpted figure, though. Like, McDonald's toys look really awesome now. Speaking of uh, getting stuff, I guess, comped or forced against your will... Um, I was at Starbucks earlier this week getting work done. You were at Starbucks and sent me a text message about one of the local haunts. I did. Um, doing a bad a bad die job, a victim, some would say. Yeah, um, older gentleman that's almost always at our Starbucks. Yeah. Um, Brad won't talk to him, but we nod. We Yeah, we have a nod. We're nice, respectful. That's... He's probably been there the longest next to us and some of the employees that go there. True that. Um, older man, um, thinning hair, um, gray hair, not anymore. Now it's jet black. Jet black. That's a weird thing. That is weird. Don't do that, guys. We know you, dude. We've all seen you with your dark hair. I mean, your, you know, old thinning hair. Well, you have thinning hair. Like, you don't go dark. Go light of anything, which you can't do because your hair is already gray. It's not going to... You can't mask that. But dark just makes it look like you have less hair because you can see your scalp visibly through your black hair. It's weird. It's very weird. I noticed that because we talked about that almost before the show. But I noticed that A.C. Slater's father has a similar thing. His hair's really dark, but yet when he sits down to those push-ups, you can see his skull. It's weird looking. Yeah. But anyway, about Starbucks, I went in there and got another free drink. What are you? What did you? How are you? This time from a, from a did gentleman. You, did you behind trade it in from Amazon? Did you get a? Well, this is the same gentleman that talk, that complimented me on my cologne a few days. Oh. Weeks earlier. Did I talk about that on the show? I don't think so. I roll up into Starbucks, um, and the guy behind the counter is like, "Take my order," and he says, "Hey, are you wearing Fierce?" Well, like, yeah, that's Abercrombie and Fitch uh, the cologne I'm wearing. He's like, "Yeah, I smelled. Used to wear that for a while. Now I'm wearing uh, this other thing." So we had a conversation about cologne, which was kind of weird. Kind of mm-hmm. weird. But this time I walked in there, and he, he recognized me, and called me, like, Tyler or Tony or something, trying to, like, search his mind for my name. I've never told him my name. Um, so we exchanged names. I think his name's Kyle or something. Okay. Right. Um, but he was like, yeah, dude, what's up? He's cool, man. He's like, yeah, it's fine. I can put a name to your face now, whatever, blah, blah, blah. What are you getting? And he's like, don't worry about it. And then he told me about some kind of a comedy group online. I can't remember what it's called. Um, something called the Harvard Boys or something? Harvard Sailing Club or something? Mm-hmm. It's a YouTube thing, and there's just these kids who do sketch comedy. Um, I mean, for sketch comedy for kids, it's pretty good. They do this thing called Boys Will Be Girls, um, which is what he recommended. He's like, I think you'd appreciate the humor in it. He doesn't know me at all. But it is kind of funny. It's about these... They just do these little skits of uh, uh, a group of guys versus a group of girls, but they switch the role of like gender stereotypes. So it's guys calling girls about 
who are they're in a relationship with and just, I guess, nagging them about stuff. Like, well, why didn't you call me? Are we getting something to eat later? Because blah, blah, blah. It is pretty funny. But I also got a free drink out of it, and we had a, a nice conversation. And it, my whole time I thought, Brad would hate doing this. I would loathe this, but I... Th- and Brad would probably explode and oh, just run out. Fuck. I would leave, yeah. I would leave. I would, like, no thank you. I'm going elsewhere with my business. Never speak to me again. But if you're nice and you smile... People. Alex got a date out of the deal. <laughs> I didn't get a date. I didn't. I, I'm sending you to YouTube. Hey, the boys will be girls. He's giving you free drinks. Come on, talking about your cologne. Trying to no. put a name to your face. I think he's hitting on you. I don't think he's hitting on me. I mean, I, he might be hitting I on me, I think he's Brad. hitting on you, dude. Yikes. <laughs> but I want to hook up with that Starbucks girl. <laughs> I got to go back and find her. I think Talk to her and be like, hey. Hopefully you're going to learn some lessons from Mr. Belvedere. <laughs> See how this game works. So you got mad deals on tech and awesomeness, and I got free coffee from a dude who may be hitting on me at Starbucks. Yeah. And glass in my arm. <laughs> Happy holidays! Happy holidays! <laughs> <laughs> Alright, guys. We've got some here that unfortunately we didn't get to put in the last show, but we're very excited about... Uh, Super excited about this. We, we, we got an email from our pal, John Pernasek, and he sent us what can only be described as the greatest thing in the world. I Yes. This fills me with so much joy. Hi, Jonathan. Hey, how's it going, buddy? Happy holidays. Happy holidays. He's going to Pittsburgh, by the way, which is Belvedere Town. I know. When I read that, I thought, I, I, hope, he goes to the, I hope he goes to the Mr. Belvedere Museum. Oh, because they got to have they, one. Surely. If Try to find where the Owens house is supposed to be. Do a, do a Belvedere tour <laughs> of Pittsburgh. See if it's a real place. Go downtown, see where Kevin stayed at. At <laughs> one time, he had to, like, hide out for the football game. Please, you should go on the on the on the Mr. Belvedere walking yeah. tour of Pittsburgh. Yeah. Oh, uh, but he has sent us a a fan fiction, which is just amazing. He is. So I think now we'll have a Ramjack dramatic reading. It's been a while. The Diving Belvedere and the Butterfly, Part One. Belvedere awoke with a start. Or to be more precise, he sprang forward while issuing forth the kind of scream usually reserved for war veterans. Tortured, wrecked with pain, he brought both palms to his eyes, eager to block the horrors that even now were fading from his memory, only to be shocked by a thick glaze of cold, clammy sweat. Yet despite the chill, Belvedere noticed a source of warmth in this moment. Looking at his palms, the usually steadfast Englishman was rendered queasy by the sight of blood. A pair of fingers to his nostrils confirmed his theory. A nosebleed, whatever had been dancing about Belvedere's dreamscape, had clearly left a bodily impression. There was a delightful soft pair of slippers waiting on the floor, just next to Belvedere's bed. He swung his athletic legs to the side and placed one foot in each. Grateful for their comfort, a beautiful Fabergé egg, situated just so on a recently dusted shelf, glistened in the moonlight. Belvedere admired it for a moment, pleased by its luxury. And of course there was Prince William, sawing a few logs in the corner. The sight of a snoozing seal always managed to bring a smile to this Brit's usually sour puss. Yes, for all intents and purposes, the world as Belvedere knew it was in its usual state familiar, reassuring, and safe. However, the foul darkness of his dreams lingered like a bad scent 
that could not be removed, no matter how many times it was sprayed with potpourri. Determined to shake these remaining nocturnal dregs, our hero headed downstairs for a midnight snack. As he reached the last few steps of the staircase, Belvedere noticed two shapeless figures in the inky fog of the living room. Reaching for the nearest lamp, he was shocked to find upon bathing the space with light that it was Kevin and Heather, locked in an embrace. Children, he exclaimed. Don't you know what time it is? Why, it's... He checked one of about three dozen clocks that were hanging on the walls of his employer's home. It's almost a quarter past midnight. Sorry, Mr. Belvedere. Kevin mumbled, smoothing out his hair. Yeah, sorry, Heather said, her chest clearly red from heavy breathing. Well, who seems to be the trouble? Belvedere waited for an answer, but since it was not easily coming, the children were clearly upset. Perhaps they too sensed something was amiss in the house. Were you having troubles going to sleep? Bad dreams, perhaps? The children nodded vaguely. Ah, I understand. Yes, it does seem as if... A change has occurred, has it not? A disturbance? Kevin and Heather locked eyes, their fright palpable. Yes, yes! Kevin shouted, turning to his old pair. In fact, I was just saying to Heather that Dad looks a bit odd. Didn't I, sis? Heather nodded once more, her hand reaching for a pillow, which she then used to cover her torso. Yes, odd. He's totally right, Mr. Belvedere. Belvedere did not know what to believe. Almost as an answer to his wavering certainty, George suddenly appeared coming from the kitchen, looking easily twice his usual age. True, George was old by any reasonable standards, but this was truly a sight to behold. The man looked as if he had just celebrated his 175th birthday. And who was this in his wake but a small black child? Oh, hi, Mr. Belvedere! The child chirped happily. That voice, it was strangely familiar, but no, no. It could not be true. Surely it was just a coincidence. Oh, um, are you one of Wesley's little friends? Belvedere asked timidly. Everyone in the room seemed to pause out of confusion. George grumbled, dust issuing forth from his gaping mouth. You biscuit-loving weirdos don't know anything, do you? That's my son! George continued up the stairs, his leg joints crackling like logs in a roaring forest fire. Yeah, Mr. Belvedere! The tiny sprat continued. It's me, Webster! Don't you remember? Belvedere was at a loss for words. It was then that he began to notice a thousand small differences in the room around him. The couch was of a different material, finer somehow, more expensive, and a quick count of the clocks resulted in a final total of 57. That just wasn't possible. Everyone knew George lacked his collections to equal out an even digit. Kevin's eyes were they green? Heather's neck. Was it covered with strange, discolored lesions? What was happening? The rest of the family had noticed their caretaker's long silence. Well, not George. He was determined to climb those stairs. <laughs> but everyone else, yes, they were clearly concerned. Kevin shooed Wesley, or was it actually Webster, up to his room before leading Mr. Belvedere to a nearby armchair. There you go, Mr. Belvedere, he said in a soothing tone. Heather, go get a glass of water. Sherry! Heather and Kevin were taken aback by the sudden outburst. Belvedere blinked a few times, suddenly having noticed how long it had been since he'd last spoken. Sorry, a, a glass of sherry, please, Heather. Sure thing, Mr. Belvedere, Heather said, but just as she turned to head towards the kitchen, a blinding, bright blue light filled the entire living room, and with it, a great crashing din 
unlike anyone had heard before. <laughs> what was happening? Was Another tornado? Or worse, was this flash attributable to a nuclear bomb? As the light faded ever so slightly, the three were able to make out a great rip in the very air right before them. As if a knife had sliced through space itself to reveal a limitless expanse of swirling blue sky. Surely, they had all gone insane. Nothing else would have ever made sense in terms of an explanation. A face appeared out of the unending blue. Goofy, silly, with a mop of curly brown hair one could only attribute to the nerdiest of nerds. Who was this young man? He could not have been more than 16 years old, give or take a decade. Was that a pocket protector? And why was he carrying that strange remote-like contraption? Clearly a thousand questions were flying through the minds of Kevin, Heather, and Belvedere, but all were too stunned to say a word. Their visitor gave them a quick once over. Well, hi there. Don't mind me, folks. I'm not here to alarm you. I wouldn't even hurt a fly. He held out a hand in hopes of it being accepted. Screech is my name, and in alternate dimensions are my game. Belvedere looked to Kevin. Kevin looked to Heather. Heather looked to them both. They had no idea what was happening, but it was clear from this point forward that lives would never be the same again. Amazing. Wow. I love this. I love all of it. I could really, like, as you were reading it, I could feel what they were going to say next. I mean, like, it felt so on point with the television yes. show. Yes. Like, that's Belvedere dialogue. I, my only regret is that my voice is so bad right now that I couldn't do Belvedere's voice hey. properly. Well, or a better screech. I, it's fine. It's just solid, solid good work there, my friend. Man, that was awesome. Yes, I'm hoping and expecting uh, the next chapter. Yes. What, what do you think Screech is going to do? Who knows? Was Screech the one who put Webster there? Is Tori fucking things up for is everybody? Tori, is Tori running the this show? This is a classic case. Tori's going to be the main villain, I think, when we get to the end. I don't know. We'll find out. I'm so excited. Listeners, I hope you're excited as we are. <laughs> Jonathan, please. Please keep this up. We need more. We need more. Um, I, also, I love the fact that Jonathan is like sitting in this fan fiction. It, it's not the least bit ironic at all. No, it's, it's real fan it's fiction. It's like straightforward fan fiction based on our discussions, <laughs> which is awesome. But without the slightest hint of irony, which is somehow amazing and refreshing. Yeah. I Great. Awesome. Wonderful. Wonderful. Indeed. And very fun to read. I enjoyed that. Um, so, guys, um, as we mentioned last episode, we've created a promo. Um, you can download it. You, there's a link to it on the Facebook group. I think we've tweeted it out. There's also, I put it, also put it up on YouTube. You can get it. If you need it, let me know. I will make sure you get it. You can play it on your podcast. Um, just to let you know, here's what it sounds like. <laughs> Hi guys, I'm Alex, and with me is Brad. Yay! And we are Ramjack. Chosen Don't watch Twilight to learn what love is. No, listen to Tina Turner to find out what love is. Screw that. Freaks on the China, never mattered before. Mr. Belvedere is all about incest. <laughs> Standing on the edge of tomorrow. Today, today. Oh no, babies! <laughs> The most awkward experience I've ever had with a dog wasn't awkward for me so much as it was for the dog. By the way, we're back in the tour universe. Yeah. Polar bears. Ah! Don't make me say it. Say it. No. You want me in charge of you. Sign this contract. (laughs) That contract will never hold up in court. Brave hearts. Fighting for the rights of all the dreamers. Yeah. You can find us online at curiosityabounds.com forward slash ramjack. Not so much a forward slash. There's backslashes and there's slashes. I get it confused. Forward slash is the thing. It's a lie. 
<laughs> perpetrated by the government. And you can also find us on iTunes. Yay, go there. Search Ramjack. Find it. Get it. Keep it. Um, now, as we said, our promo is obviously better than everyone else's promo. I mean, yeah. So, That's evident. Right. We're looking to help you promote your podcast as well. Yeah. So if you play our promo, we'll play your promo. In fact, we're going to play a promo now. Of course, we're going to play it in 1.5 speed. Well, of course. Because it makes it more exciting because most promos are not very exciting to listen to. They're not fun. Yeah. Let us promote your show we're gonna in the promote best possible your way. We're going to promote your show in the best possible way. So I think uh, right now we're going to play a, a promo for CarnyCast. Oh. Which is hosted by our friend Claire. Oh. Who's been on the show many times. Nice. Calling all Carnies, freaks, and roustabouts. Roll up, roll up, and come and check out CarnyCast. I'm Claire, and I'm a huge fan of the critically acclaimed HBO show Carnival. Not seen it? Well, until recently, neither had these guys. I'm Matt. I'm Naomi. And I'm Jimmy. Together, inspired by other intro casts, we are watching the show and reviewing it episode by episode. Whether you're already a fan of the show, or, like Matt, Mel, and Tammy, just watching it for the first time, CarnyCast is perfect for you. And if you're watching it for the first time, don't worry, there are no spoilers here. You can visit us at carnycast.blogspot.com or find us on iTunes and Facebook by searching for CarnyCast. Let's shake some dust, children! <laughs> that was at 1.5 speed? That was at 1.5 speed. Oh, can we critique real quick? Sure. I mean, guys, listen to CarnyCast. Um, I kind of hope the podcast has those voices. Like, I kind of want to listen to it as the chipmunk voices. <laughs> I think it would greatly improve the show. Everything should be done. Guys, just so you know, um, when um, I'm uploading the episode... I play Ramjack in 1.5 speed, and that's how I listen to the show to, like, take down all the notes and, like, to write the tags for the show and everything, just because I can listen to it faster. Which I'm going to try when I'm traveling home in the car, because I, I gotta get through some old apps. I want to hear some of the old stuff. And I also want to kind of hear the show how you must hear it sometimes, it's with us in awesome. higher voices. It is awesome. Claire, you gotta bring the music down in that. Even at one-fifth speed, I could tell there was too much space, I, too much music pause. I don't know if we should critique other people's promos. I'm just saying it's a helpful thing from one friend to another, from one cast to another cast. <laughs> Ours was fast-paced. Ours was like you were watching it listening to like an awesome clip reel. What was that? <laughs> what was that? This is, this is my there complaint. was 30 <laughs> seconds or 15 seconds of music before I even heard anything from Claire, that's... and then another 10 seconds of music, and we were listening to... One point five speed. That's that's my complaint with most people making promos, and I understand it's 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 a weird, awkward thing to do. It's taken me this long to do it. I just felt like I should do it to show people how it should be done, which yes. is why ours is awesome. Listen to ours and think about how yours can sound like ours. <laughs> that's all you have to do. It's it, that easy. Indeed, but we're running a workshop next year. Don't worry about it. But no, I'm a big fan of Carnicast. Um, I'm enjoying it because uh, I've never watched Carnival, so I'm watching it along with them episode by episode. Nice. So and it's very enjoyable. So I think right now we should promote their podcast yeah thing is when you're promoting something i think you want to go for an emotional connection to people mm-hmm. so we're going to go for an emotional connection using the emotion of anger all right this week is the emotion of anger anger why the fuck aren't you listening to carnicast why aren't you listening to carnicast well do you like carnivals do you like carnivals do you like carnival do you like the 30s the answer to all those questions are yes of course you son you of do. a bitch what's listen wrong to carnicast. with you listen to it it's a podcast you just in your ears and you just fucking listen to it and you download it it's every episode they talk about it I mean what's stopping you what is stopping what's wrong with you there is nothing stopping you just do it what are you do an it. idiot are you an idiot just download it look I know olds don't understand tech but get your youngs to do it for you download it to your iPod or music device of choice and fucking listen to it just go to iTunes and search 
Carney cast. One word. This is a group. This is a group of people getting together to review a show. Why aren't you listening to it? What's wrong with you? I don't understand. Do you what? not? Do you not like shows? Do you not like reviews? Do you not like people? Well, then get the fuck off our planet. Do they have something against fun, Brad? Do they hate fun? Do they hate conversation? Do they hate joy? You know what? If you're not listening to it, fuck you. Fuck you. That's that easy. You know what? Skip it. Fuck you. That's our promo. That's People listen to it. I think they'll hear I, us I think, and think, they'll take a listen. I think we sold it. I think we sold it. So, yeah. Yeah, and if you guys want us to promote any other podcasts, again, like Brad said, just get at us. Absolutely. Play our promo. We'll play yards at 1.5 yeah. speed, and then we'll then we'll promote it with an emotion. Yeah, and you are going to see those listenerships spike. It's going to spike. It's going to spike. Yeah, I like this. Awesome. I feel like we're giving something back to the podcasting community. I think we are. I'm proud of us. Very proud of us. I'm proud of you, too. So, Brad, in the middle of the chaos that has been my working life, I was able to take a take a little bit of reprieve and go to someone's birthday party. This person was turning uh, 25, I think, or 24. Okay. Um, and they wanted to relive their youth by going to a laser tag arena. What? And, Brad, I don't know if you know this about me, I have never played laser tag in my life and always been slightly intrigued. Wow. But everyone I ever talk to that's just saying, well, what is laser tag about? They're like, it's the worst, lamest thing in the world. It's just I, stupid. I did it one time. And it, yeah, it was not it was not good. What kind did you do? It was like, a, it, was that, it was a really shoddy place in Jackson. Oh, God. Okay. I mean, and it was, uh, I was probably in the sixth grade. And yeah, my aunt took me. And it was like, I couldn't understand how it was supposed to work. And I didn't really understand when I got hit or not. Because they just made sounds all the time. And I was like, is this the me dying sound? Or is this the... <laughs> I'm shooting sound. Like, it was a really, really low-budge, lame It was, like, black lights and, like, hanging things that you could hide behind and awful. Interesting. Awful. For some reason, I'm, I'm, I I'm guess I'm getting your story of laser tag confused with someone else's. I thought yours was one, like, a, a Star Trek laser tag thing at some casino. No. Okay. That that's, sounds kind of cool. Yeah, that, that's enough. That's the only cool story I've ever heard. And for some reason, I thought it was you. I guess there was someone else like you that must have said that story. <laughs> Don't mean it. Yeah, but as you know, laser tag is weird. It's never no. on laser tag. And we went to this place called Scallywags Laser Tag. It's, <laughs> it's pirate-themed laser tag, Brad. Okay. We bought an all-you-can-play pass until midnight. And in theory, I was supposed to get three games in. Um, but the cashier lady, because I was nice to her, was like, Look, I don't know if you're going to get three games in. You may just want to buy the game per game. Or you're going to you know, not save money. And I was like, Bitch, it's someone's birthday. I don't care. Give me the pass. So we rolled in there, and I don't know if you know anything about laser tag, Brad, but um, it's actually not um, something that people in their 20s do. Everyone there was probably 16 years old and younger. Yeah. So when I first rolled in, it was me and a bunch of adults, maybe eight or nine of us, uh, opposite uh, a whole group of kids, easily double our numbers, and it was us against them. Ha <laughs> ha! Because the laser tag person, the little kid, the teenager in charge of the laser tag arena was like, you guys want to show these adults what it's about? Cool. Hey, you guys versus them. Awesome. Ha ha. And he looked at us and said, you're going to get your asses kicked. <laughs> and then it started. <laughs> I love this. You roll in and on skeletal bodies are your laser tags. It was a vest and a gun. And Brad, you, you're right. It is confusing as hell. I have no idea what was really happening. Mm-hmm. Um, when you got hit, though, it would shake. Or anytime, and there were different shakes, I guess, to uh, tell you what happened. So when you got hit, it, you felt it. And then there was a countdown from like for five seconds or three seconds to when you can start shooting again. So you get kills and then do whatever. Mm-hmm. Um, and you could also have upgrades, apparently. There was upgrades where you could like tap on your vest and change them to where you could get like a Gatling gun where your laser stayed on all the time and a flamethrower. It, it was weird. Yeah. But 
and it was strange because it was a huge arena. Like, there was a pirate ship in this room. Um, there was various rooms. There was tendrils coming from the ceiling in certain places, and there were, like, barrels and stuff everywhere. And it was wow. crazy. I mean, it was it was an arena. But now imagine that with, with tons of children running around, knowing what they're doing, just shooting you and calling right. you old man. And like, ha ha, pew pew, and then running away. And <laughs> we're just coming out of the darkness to shoot you <laughs> and then the running away. How's MySpace old? Pew pew pew. It was a little disorienting and a little weird until one of my friends looked at me and just uncharacteristic of her she she just said something like to the equivalent today's a good day to die and started running just screaming at these kids shooting the gun and I thought alright I'm just gonna start playing laser tag that's awesome but I I didn't know the rules Brad do you know you can't jump up on equipment I got serious all of a sudden and I jumped on top of these barrels and started shooting down at children behind them because I'm tall and I can right. command the space like, <laughs> like as an adult should. And the kids got mad at me. They're like, you can't do that. And I apologized to them. They shot me and then I ran off to find other victims. Awesome. 30 people can play at once. Where do you think I was ranked the first time I played? Never Which playing never laser played. Never played. Learning in the 12 minutes we had in that arena. Free for all laser tag. I'm going to give you lucky number 21. Oh, actually no, it was 24. I, oh. I scored really low, actually. Maybe an upgrade. Thank you for thinking I was more confident than I was at laser tag. <laughs> I, I, hey. Dude, it was rough. Those kids are out for blood. Yeah, they are. So we took a break. We went to the snack bar and got something to drink. Mm-hmm. We chatted a bit, and then we got back in there. Right. As we should. Yes. Where do you think I scored on the next game? The next game was Capture the Flag, by the way, which was a little different, okay. but still the same rules. Where do you think I ranked? It's a more strategic game. A more strategic game. And you're, you're, you're like a thinking man's game. You, you'd had some time to, to think about it and reveal, and you've got the height advantage already. So you had time to reflect. You had a lot of, I think you I think you moved up. I think you moved up. Before you guess a number, again, 1 to 30, mm-hmm. I'm going to tell you that on the first game, I actually got the award of fodder because I got shot more than most people. Right. And people also shot me in the back more. I got the... Uh, Stabbed in the back award. Well, you're tall. You're an easy target as I, well. To those little kids, I'm such an easy target. Right. But I, I think I think you were more prepared the second time around, and I think you moved up. I think that time you got up to an 18. 18? Yeah. Yeah. Uh, wow. You really don't believe in me at all, do you? 21, 18. I was fourth. Fourth? I, com- I went in there. Whoa. I came correct the second time. Whoa. You changed the game up. Do you know how I did it? How did you do it? First off, these little kids are into it. But they're little kids. Right. They don't know anything about anything. <laughs> so uh, me and another guy was on the, were on the pirate ship. And those little kids were funneling into our base. But we had a perfect lineup for them. And we just sniped them for half the game. And the little kids, the, on the, the look on their faces like, who's shooting me? I can't see them. What's happening? They were so confused and terrified. And I was bringing it to them. Just awesome. raining down. They had no idea what was nice. happening. They couldn't get the flag. And I'm proud of this fact. They never got our flag. Wonderful. And they tried hard. But what I ended up having to do, because the kids got smart and realized that they had to try to snipe our flag. It's weird. You had to shoot some kind of portrait to get the flag and then run back to your base with it. They got smart and realized that they could take cover somewhere behind, like, these tendril things. And then I couldn't shoot them. So my partner, he continued to snipe. And I jumped over the ship and had to go in the trenches, man. It was tough. It was me and maybe one other person just stopping the kids. And they were at it. Then they were pissed off because they would get it and then run and I would just like come out of nowhere and just start just run through what I'd like to do would be because I was also a lot faster than them because I was tall and right. can run. I would run in like without them knowing it, snipe three of them at once at close range and then run out. 
It was basically your strategy in Battlefront whenever yeah. we played with the shotgun. <laughs> I was like, I'm going to do some Brad strategy on this. Is the only That's way I can win. Boldness always. Dude, this one time, I roll up on these three kids, and they just got the flag, and the look in their faces was just like, yeah! And I was right there. They were <laughs> excited, and they looked over and saw me, and I just bam, 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 and then ran. And they were, That's right. they, they were defeated. That's how I like it. Yeah. That's good. I like it. Couldn't I like stop it. us. Couldn't get that flag. Guys. I, I, Fourth place. I like seeing children destroyed. And guess who shot the most people in the back of that game? That guy right there. 24th to fourth place. And I say to that. Victory. I won that victory for us on Ramjack. Nice work, sir. Nice work. Laser tag. I'd recommend it. When I played it, it was in a room that was maybe twice the size of this room. <laughs> no way. Yeah. But with black lights and like there was just like hanging partitions. They were like on like uh, wires, so they just they were kind of you could like move them and go under them. I, it, was, it was basically like an office space I think that had been renovated. <laughs> it was awful. It was just awful. E. Yeah, the that worst. Doesn't sound as fun. Was not fun at all. Hated it. <laughs> yeah. I never went back. <laughs> the only other thing I want to say about the laser tag thing was we didn't get to play our third game, which I was looking really forward to because looking for the number one spot. Right. I was uh, I was coming up. My partner actually ended up getting, the other sniper ended up getting number one because he was just sniping the entire time. But I took it to the trenches. Um, but we didn't get to play the third game because the kids didn't understand how rules work. And they thought they could all play the last game, but you had to get like a ticket to play. And the kids were upset. So uh, whose birthday party it was, he was like, you know what? We're going to bow out. Let the kids play their games. Huh. And all the kids, all the children applauded him for it. He was the real hero that night, I think. <laughs> was he? <laughs> he beat the children, <laughs> and then he let them go back to their childish games. <laughs> Farewell! He showed him who was boss, and then he left. <gasps> Old just still got it! <laughs> I did feel so bad for the teenager in charge, because he didn't want us to go. Because I, I guess, apparently, because there was like more than 30 kids in this little room, and then us at Old's, and this one teenager in charge of everything, and we were like, yeah, we're gonna, we're gonna leave, you don't let the kids play. And he was like, please don't leave. <laughs> I don't know if I can help these kids. Yeah, God. Ugh. Ah. Yeah, man. It's giving me a panic. Yeah, dude, yeah. I also like to think of you in situations like this. Like, Brad wouldn't know what to do. Brad would just panic, and I don't know if he could do this. I would just start butting kids with a gun. Like, wait, whoa, 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 whoa. This is laser tag. Dude. You just hit somebody with a butt somebody with a gun? Apparently that happened in the game before ours, because there was the first game, Break, and then the second game we played. But in that in-between game that the other kids were in, when we walked in the room, the uh, teenager said, okay, look, now just so everyone knows, you're not supposed to hit other people with the butt of your gun. Awesome. Some kid, like, straight up <laughs> pistol whipped this other nice. kid. I like it. I like it. So there you go, there you go, laser tag adventures. Laser tag. All right guys, uh, let's take a trip up to Pittsburgh and visit our bestest of friends, Mr. Belvedere. Streets on the China, never mattered before, who cares? Brad, you have a minute to surmise the episode's speechless. It's never gonna happen. Dude, it's not. <laughs> I mean, I like to stay optimistic on most at most times. It's not happening now. It's not. <laughs> I will be amazed if you can pull this off. All right. So much happened in this episode. Put five minutes on the clock. <laughs> you have a minute. I can only give you a minute. I'm sorry. All right. That's all, all the right. time they all let right. me give. I'll do my best. All right. When I when I say go, prepare yourself. Are you ready? Do you need time? I'm good. I'm good. All right. Just I like that. Just jumping in. Yeah. Oh, Brad. Uh, <laughs> three, two, one, go. 
All right, this is speechless. Um, George has been given an offer by the Happy Guys of Pittsburgh Club, which is a club. I think it's I think it's a gay club. They're rec- they haven't reclaimed the word gay yet. It's the Happy Guys. Um, he's gonna be their man of the year for some reason that no one can explain. Um, but he's gotta give a speech, and oh, George is nervous. He can't give a speech. It's his biggest fear. He just can't do it. In fact, he's thinking about just turning down the award. But that can't happen. It's the the speech is Friday night. The big dinner. Everyone's coming, including uh, Kevin and. His, well, he's, <laughs> Kevin is in an awkward situation. He's got a school assignment where he's married to this girl, but the girl is completely unattractive, and she's getting kind of clingy, and it's getting a little weird. But Kevin is super not into her, which is fine. That's completely okay. <laughs> but she's all busy about it, and Kevin won't take her to this thing. Well, guess what? They're not really married. It's a school assignment. Get the fuck over it, bitch. Mr. Belvedere, for some reason, intervenes, and it, like, takes her to it. Kevin brings another girl. Heather is upset the whole episode. Clearly upset set. Wesley T is creating death traps in the yard. <laughs> All hell is breaking loose. Mom is wearing sexy outfits. Marsh is looking good. Mom is stacked. Um, in the end, George gives the speech. Everything goes down crazy. Someone's dying. They bring a phone on the stage. <laughs> The guy from Andy Griffin shows up there. Um, wackiness happens. They give a speech. George accepts. The guy lives. Kevin learns a lesson about dating ugly girls. Wesley T lives to kill again. Yeah, they're sad. One minute, 33 seconds. I can tell there was a point when you were giving it, when you were like, you know what? Go for I'm it. I'm just going to surmise the episode. Who cares if I'm over 30 seconds? Who cares? Well done, though. I thought it would take you two minutes. I did, too. And you almost got everything in there. Yeah. Well, you did get pretty much everything in there. Yeah. Woo. Guys, this was probably <laughs> the best episode of Belvedere. This is my favorite episode of Belvedere. I'll say it, too. Yeah. You get oh. two thumbs up over here from Ramjack. Oh. I don't even. Let's start with Wesley making death drives. I, let, yeah, let's just get that out of the way. Before that's... all the happy men and the, you know, the actual plot... Why is Wesley making death traps? He's... And why is he trying to kill Heather and Belvedere? I don't know. Basically, here's how it happens. We see Heather come in and she's covered in, in like, leaves and dirt. And it's like, what happened? Wesley T. dug a hole in the yard, covered, covered the hole with leaves. Filled it with mud and then covered it yeah, with leaves. Yeah, filled it with mud, covered it with leaves, and then said, Hey, Heather, you want to jump in this pile of leaves? She fell for the bait. Well, what adult and, well, even child, what... Heather's gonna jump into a pile of leaves? People might be watching. I think Neighbors. she was just humoring him because she's afraid of him. That's, that's it is. Yeah. I had to be in a certain mood if I would jump into a pile of leaves. Yeah. Let alone my brother, who I know has killed him in the past and will kill again. Well, you don't want to get on his bad side, though, do you? But still, you don't want to enable him. <laughs> yeah. Well, I guess it's, you know, just pick your poison. I think it was I think it was a test to see if someone would do it so he could get Belvedere later. Yeah. It was all to get Belv. Like, this is a death trap, right? It really is. Because like, she is covered in mud. Like, yeah. I don't know how you jump into piles of leaves, but if she, assuming she jumped feet first, how would her upper torso and face get covered in mud? Yeah. Unless it's like a six-foot exactly. deep hole and she clawed her way out of it. Like, Wesley T is just like, he's... What we don't see in this episode is him sharpening bamboo poles <laughs> to take care of the huffnagels. <laughs> I mean, fuck. Unless you jump into it head first, which is also weird. No, that's not what happened. It's a that's six, unsafe. It's a six-foot hole. De- it's a six-foot deep hole. It's a death trap. So that's creepy. And that's just going on in the background. That's like plot yeah. G. <laughs> Wesley's testing his limits. <laughs> yeah. Yeah. So we've got George... These okay. It starts off with these two creepy guys. Yeah. Showing up from the happy happy guy club. 
I thought it was the mafia at first. I, I thought really like, oh, George is in the mafia. Definitely. How's Belvedere gonna pay him off or something? Is, is Belvedere gonna be a mafia don and we don't know about it? That's why he's in Pittsburgh. Ooh, that would make so much sense. He's got all that money. He really does. I mean, why would? Yeah. Yeah. Um, that's where it is. It's um, one of the actors is a character actor who I had to look up. It's Jack Dodson. Who, uh, he was, like, the county clerk on the Andy Griffith show. I thought he looked familiar. Yeah, and he's been, like, every sitcom in the world. The fact that he was still working at 85 and looked the same age kind of blows my mind. <laughs> um, but yeah, he was on absolutely everything. Like, I'm looking at it now, just the ten of us, Matlock, St. Elsewhere, Night Court, Mama's Family, Benson. Something, he's in something this wicked this way he comes? Oh, wow. New Heart, Barney Miller... Happy Days, Lou Grant, Mark and Mindy. I mean, every TV show this man has been on, you know him when you see him. So it was super weird to see him being a member of the Happy Guy Club. They got a lot of questions for Belvedere. I, I love that Belvedere doesn't want to let them in the door, because they're looking for George. Right. Um, but we don't know why at this point. And while Belvedere says, you know, let me take a number for you, or you, know, you can call him back or whatever, they just barge in the house. Oh, is that a fire got going? Cool. We'll wait here for him. Yee. Which also made me think mafia. Definitely. The family's dying. Very mafioso. It's like, what, George? You've been covering your gambling debts? What's happening? What is happening? Yeah, I don't even know if the fireplace was lit. I think Belvedere was just humoring them. Yeah, definitely. Let's just pretend we're happy guys. Aren't we all happy guys? You look like a happy guy, Mr. Belvedere. You ever thought about being a happy guy? Um, can we stop saying happy guy so much? You mean gay, right? You called it during the show, because I really, cause I think you said that while we were watching it, like... There, there's, a, there's a weird similarity between this episode of Mr. Belvedere and the episode of Save by the Bell we're going to talk about. <laughs> there's a lot of subtext. Yes. And we talked about George and Belvedere's relationship before, but I think the Happy Guy Club is clearly... I mean, come on. <laughs> I love, because they do ask him, like, have you ever thought about being a happy guy? And Belvedere says, I did for, I humored it for a minute, and then decided no. It's basically, I mean, I paraphrased it, but that's what right. he says. Yeah. What about you? Would you like to be a happy guy? Um, please stop saying that. Why do you say that and then look at me weird? Yeah. I don't understand. Why are you checking me out head to toe and then saying that? That's weird. Oh, oh there's like, oh, well, we'll see you next Friday. And Belvedere's just like, not if I see you first. What did that mean, Belvedere? Um, what is happening? What are these happy guys up to? That is weird. Like, I don't yeah. understand why he would say that. Yeah, it doesn't make sense. Other than I have heard people say that to not mean anything, just to be weird. Just think about if someone said that. Later, I'll see you later. Not if I see you first. <laughs> what do but you mean? But then he gives Belvedere face. Yeah. Which is a sign that he's thinking something shifty. Yeah. Yeah. Yeah, I don't know. Jo well, George, the reason George isn't there is because he took the family out to a, the big game. What, what football team is that again, Brad? Oh, you know, it's the it's the, Pittsburgh, the the old Pittsburgh team, you know. But it, well, what, I forget what they are. Oh, how could you forget? It's Pittsburgh's finest? If you don't know, I'm not telling you. You should be ashamed of yourself, Alex. <laughs> Do you know, Brad? I'm getting to think that Come on. you're dodging the question. Come on, the old Pittsburgh guys. They were There were two teams mentioned in this episode. Yeah. Because they also mentioned the baseball team. Yeah, yeah. What? You don't remember where they are? Oh, the, you know, the Pittsburgh fellows. The, the old Pittsburgh fellows. Well, one of the teams would fit right at home at Scallywags. Mm-hmm. Yeah, it sure would. The Laser Taggers. <laughs> Rather disappointed in you. I, I mean, I know you weren't a huge fan of the Pittsburgh Steelers or Pirates, but I... I is that the reason you didn't... You're just not a fan ever uh, since... It's, it's not my team. Not my team. Ever since they beat the Foxes. Yeah, you just don't... Foxes, yeah. You just don't pay attention. You just don't keep up with them, and that's fine. You're fine. 
Right. But George keeps up with him. The whole family is there at the Pittsburgh Steelers game. It's okay. Yeah. Mm. I don't know what's up with mom's hair in this episode. I, well, She's got that weird sweater on. Hey, it's just like, ugh. Mom, mom does start off looking kind of rough in that sweater, but I think she makes up for it later. Yes, she does. Yeah. Woo. Um, who does that? Who was the last time you saw someone do that in real life? I will say this. I, I was in the elevator the other day at work, and when we got off the elevator, something made that sound. But it wasn't a person. I think the elevator accidentally just made a sound that sounded really similar to that. And we were like, someone catcalling us from the... Why is there a... Why, why do you have a sexist elevator? I don't know. Well, it was men and women on the... Well, you know, I don't know. Why has why your elevator got to objectify people? Seriously, I have never seen someone do that in real life other than like a construction worker, which was weird when I saw it. Is that what's wrong? Is that what I should be adding to my game? Yes. So next time, I go, to, next time I go to Starbucks and see Starbucks girl, I should just be like... And, and see then, how and, that works. And then that fellow's gonna be like, Oh, Alex, great to see you. Fuck. By the way, are you still wearing Fierce? Because <laughs> I am. <laughs> Free coffee. <laughs> I'm not gonna do it. I, there's a reason why. What are you why. doing later? I, don't worry about it. Um, you can get coffee again. So they you like coffee. <laughs> I like coffee. By the way, have you ever thought about joining the Happy Guy Club? <laughs> you want to be a happy guy? No. Oh come on! A lot of benefits. Not not my cup of tea. Well, see you next time. If not before. <laughs> what? Mm. I'm gonna have to take care of that, aren't I? <laughs> I'm gonna have to set things straight the next time I go to Starbucks. I'll never get coffee free there again. Oh well. No such thing as a free coffee. <laughs> but yes, to get back to the beginning of the episode, they were at the Pittsburgh game. They come back in to, to the happy guys, and mm-hmm. George is like, oh yeah, I helped you organize that charity thing last Christmas-ish. Who cares? Whatever. Haven't given a thought to it since. Right. They nominate him to be the happy guy of the year. Happy guy of the year. It's a huge honor, I guess. It's a huge honor. In Pittsburgh? Apparently. Pittsburgh happy guys want you to be their man of the year? John, pardon a sec. When you are in Pittsburgh, see if you can find the Happy Guy Club. Please look that up. Please I'm sure it's on thing. the walk, the tour. Yeah. When you go on the Belvedere walking tour of Pittsburgh, please look up the Happy Guy Club. Let us know. Let us know what that's about. Please. Keep it clean. We're on a family-friendly podcast. <laughs> First and always. First and always. <laughs> we share for the whole family. Let's talk about Kevin. Oh, man. Kevin has got this, he's got an assignment where he's He's married. Well, can we? Should we close out George's thing really quick? Sure. George is nominated. He's flattered. He's got to give a speech, which he's like, and that's the crux of the episode. That's 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 the thing propelling us forward. Right. In addition to Kevin's subplot. Sure. Which you, yeah. So, all right. So George's worried about the speech. Kevin, meanwhile, has an assignment. He's in a faux marriage with a girl in this class, randomly selected. Yeah. And it's a weird assignment. They have to they have to figure out like they they're assigned jobs and it's it's it takes the normal. Um, I guess trope of assigning kids, you know, marriage partners or like an egg to take care of, like, oh, we have right. a baby. But they take it to new levels in Belvedere, which I really enjoy, especially right. given the time period Belvedere was made. Well, Pittsburgh keeps it real. They really do. They have like, to keep it real. For real. So they've got to, like, do shit like uh, find an apartment. They've got to go into the classifieds in the newspaper, find an apartment, go and ch- check it out, I guess. <laughs> they got to pretend to be married. Yeah. Like, this is, this is for realsies. Yeah. It's a little too real. But this girl... She's not the most attractive girl. And she knows it. And it's, it's like a little Debbie Downer. She really is. It's like, oh, well, I guess I bet you would have rather been with that other girl. 
she's attractive. First off, why would you say that out of nowhere? First off, I'd like to apologize for getting me as a partner. I'm sure you're one of those pretty girls. I'm not pretty. Oh, no, no. Kevin's trying to be a nice guy. Being polite, yeah. Just like, like, hey, hey, this is just a school assignment. No worries. I think his exact words, well, I don't mind. <laughs> yes. Oh, Kevin. you're classic, it's like, oh, Kevin, you're trying oh. to be nice, but at the same time, it's, oh, it's not working out. It's the thought that counts, but you don't think much. <laughs> well, you know why? Because he's got his mind on Heather this whole time. Of course. How could you not? I really, I'm really upset they don't use Heather more than they do. Yeah. Every other character is more flushed out. Even moms, to a point. Mm. Not Heather. I got two episodes with her in the forefront. Surely really. something has to be coming in the future. Surely. Oh, definitely. Because come on. Come on. Kevin will be off to college soon. <laughs> come on. Well, he might stay at a community college and get a job. Um, That could be his college prep. I don't know. Well, we'll find out. We'll find out. But yeah, this girl is incredibly self-deprecating to like that weird, awkward level. And it's... Yeah, it is. She's kind of flirting. And... Well, she's counting her lucky stars that she got Kevin as a partner because he's, I guess he's the cute guy in class. Apparently. One of them. Ah, uh, He's a big know. football star. We know that much. True that. It's just, it's so weird. But, the, like, the thing is they have, to, they have to go look in her apartment. Yeah. It's so, why would you have to go, like, that's wasting someone else's time because <laughs> they're having to show teenagers an apartment for no reason. You think that the school went to the extra effort of, like, partnering up with a... I guess an apartment renter's place and being like, hey, just get these kids a real life experience. Show them an apartment. Uh, okay, here's, we want you to rent these kids a room for a week after doing this assignment. Uh, also giving you jobs. Let's see. Um, you're probably going to go into welding. Yeah, not Kevin's the brightest, a welder. Not the Kevin. brightest bulb in there. And you are... Uh, exotic dancer? <laughs> you probably did that out of spite. The teacher probably said it and then laughed and all the students laughed. No wonder this girl has a complex. It's true that. Everyone's just constantly berating her. Yeah, why don't you be an exotic dancer? <laughs> oh, you're not pretty. No, you're not attractive. No one would want to no. watch you. No one likes you. But that's your job. You're gross. <laughs> Deal with it. Good job. Bye. Happy, happy, have I a happy felt, life. I will say this. I do love how the Heather and Kevin keep the parents on their toes by saying random things. Because I love when he, when he told his mom about... His, I guess, school partner coming over, or wife. Yeah. He just rolled up and said it like that. It's like, yeah, um, I remember exactly how he introduces it, but he basically says, yeah, my wife's coming over. And mom's like, what? Oh, I got married yesterday. Oh, it's for a school project. Uh, okay. <laughs> but mom is bamboozled. Mom is terrified. Well, of course. He even hints, I think, that he got a girl pregnant, too. And it's yeah. like, ah, just like Heather with the whole pregnancy scare. They're like, or whatever else. Heather's done that twice to moms. Yeah, yeah. Which well, is interesting that Kevin starts to do it. I guess they're they're picking up on each other's habits. Oh, man. And couples geez. do that. Yeah, they do. They, you know. <laughs> it's 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 kind of cute in a way and also kind of terrifying. But I love that mom falls for it every time. Always. And it gets, I, it gets a little out of hand. Public schools, man. Yeah. And she's like starting to have a crush on him and he's like, whoa, 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 whoa. But she also takes it to scary levels. Like, is it? I think it's the dinner for George. Heather comes downstairs to to drive a wedge in between this couple because she doesn't want this happening. Oh, little Wesley T answers the door when this broad comes up and is like, "Hey, who are you?" And she's like, "Hi, I'm Kevin's wife." And Wesley T's like, "What?" He's like, "Excuse me." He runs upstairs, just saying, "Heather." Yeah, well, because <laughs> he knows, because he knows, he knows Heather's not going to take it well. But also, you forget that he also said the line, "Um." Hey, Kevin, did this happen when you were drinking? <laughs> <laughs> yes. Excellent. 
I love that they reference that stuff. Excellent call. Because we know we had, we had a head ringing problem for a couple of days. Yes. For like a day or two. Yes. But yeah, he dumped, Wesley D runs upstairs to, to alert Heather. Hey, something terrible's happened to you. Someone's encroaching on your turf, honey. So at some point, Heather comes down and is like, clearly to, to drive a wedge. And she's like, so, um, what do you think of this dress that I'm going to wear to uh, Dad's speech tomorrow night? First off, I think the collars are wrong, and that weird puffy thing around the collar and sleeves is a little weird. But yeah. Heather, you look adorable in it. Of course. But wait a minute, Heather. Why the fuck did you drop the fact that you're going to a, what? a family dinner to a stranger? Which actually makes sense. It doesn't matter. Right. Heather was like, hey, you stranger in the house, what do you think of my dress? You're a girl. Right. But Heather knows what she's doing. And of course, this girl, who's a crazy person, feels like, you didn't tell me there was a family dinner. Um... You aren't married to Kevin, honey. You are my classmate. I don't have to tell you about my family's doings. No. You weirdo. Why would you assume he would invite you to such a thing? No, not at all. You have no business. You don't, no, you don't get to go to the happy guy club. Sorry. <laughs> but she's quite upset by it. Which is also weird. Yeah. With that coupled with all of her just, like, escalating, like, even though she has a crush on him, the thing that she says, the self-deprecation, mm -hmm. um, the advances, the weird clinginess to this stuff, because nah. I think he gets back late from something. He said he'd be at his home at 3, and she shows up early to his home. Weird. Mm -hmm. And she's like, where were you? And he's like, bitch, we're classmates. I'm not dating you. It's kind of real. I'm trying to fuck Roxanne, the exactly. girl I'm actually taking to this thing. It's kind of real, though, isn't it? It is real, because I've known people in cer yeah. certain situations like that, and it's always uncomfortable. Yeah. But those people also know when to put those people into the place. They're like, look, you yeah. need to understand the reality of the situation, but why doesn't Kevin do that? And why is he forced to do what he ends up doing for the rest of this episode? Uh, Belvedere, what kind of game are you running, dude? Yeah, because Belvedere feels oh. sorry for the girl. Because she's not getting to go to the thing. Cause, and Belvedere's like, Kevin, you shouldn't be, you know, you're just clearly, you're just judging someone based on their appearance. Oh, uh, no, he's judging her on her cleanliness and weirdness, dude. Yeah. Kevin even tries to bolster her uh, self-esteem early on. He's right. like, look, you're not unattractive. You're... Well, you are, but you know what? It doesn't matter. People will like you for you. Like, Kevin is nice to her. That's yes. all he can expect. He doesn't have to be attracted to her. No. And he shouldn't be because she's fucking bananas. <laughs> if you mix ugly, when well, she's not ugly, but you know what I mean. If you right. mix unattractive, if you're not attracted to someone, and then you mix in crazy, that's oh, when things go lose, lose, right. Lose. Yes. Double lose. I mean, I don't even know uh, how to backtrack. Dude, guys, so much stuff happens in this episode so that it's hard to wrangle. Yeah. So... All right, let's let's go to the event. All right. So Kevin has brought his date, Roxanne. Roxanne, who you know, for a girl in Kevin's age, and pretty attractive. Sure, Way to go, sure. Kevin. Um, Heather does look visibly upset. <laughs> you will see like a pan shot of the room, and Heather's like got her arms down, like her head in her arms, just at just because yeah. she, she wants to look so pretty for him, and it's yeah. not even. It's just not. It's like with this girl beside him. I mean, uh, fair enough. I guess he's just. Oh, wait, here comes another couple. Who's... What? Mr. Belvedere has brought Kevin's creepo wife. We need an adult. We need that girl's parents right now. Um, I want to see the scene where Mr. Belvedere went to this this high schooler's house and asked her to be his date to the Happy Guy Club. <laughs> Excuse me, I'd like to take your daughter to the Happy Guy Club. My name is Mr. Belvedere. I am an old English au pair. I take care of children. Can you imagine the look he would give him? Can I take your daughter to the uh, happy guy club? <laughs> A lot of awesome Belvedere face. Oh, dude. So much. But what family lets their daughter do that? 
I don't know. And why does Belvedere do this? Again, this girl is crazy. Yeah. She is bananas, and she's just not attractive. I mean, she uh, yeah. says it herself. When she walks up, glasses free, with the makeup and her hair all poofed up in another yeah. dress, it's like, yeah. Hey, Snooky, how's it going? <laughs> That's about this, yeah. Yeah, no, sorry. I, you, you can't, you don't, you don't give her bonus points just for being unattractive. You, you can't just date someone out of pity. There is a lot of very plain fellows who would love to take you out to their dinner dance things. But this is weird, Belvedere. This is an obviously family event at a happy guy club. Yeah. Well, I think the thing is, Kevin has a lot of guilt. I think mostly because of the incest and the social stigma attached to that. Which is why Kevin is so insistent on being a moral person. I think that's what drives his character. Mm-hmm. Um, so now we have, you know, this girl um, that he is emotionally hurt. And this girl that he's on a date with, it's kind of being a bitch. But she's attractive, so, you know. That's not very bright. Not very well, bright. Well, I don't know if she's not bright. She's just awkward. She doesn't get his jokes because his jokes are awful, by the way. <laughs> I don't even know if they were a joke. That was Let's horrible. That was horrible. I don't know what the hell that was. Uh, but, you know, really, I think if you think about it, who, <laughs> who is the most to gain from getting, these, from getting Kevin torn between these two girls? Heather. Heather clearly worked this out with Mr. Belvedere. And this is going to have to be a sacrifice on her part because I know that she fought every every fiber of her being to just sit there and let it run its course. Because mm-hmm. you can tell. You can tell. Yeah. So my question is, did Heather cook the scheme up or is Mr. Belvedere cooking the scheme up because he knows the depth, the depth, the felicity of emotion between Kevin and Heather? I will say that given the evidence... It was odd that she would come downstairs just to show yeah. Kevin and his his costume wife the dress. Yeah. I don't know why we needed that scene, true, to be yeah. honest, in the show, unless it was to, to subtlety from Heather. the writers. Yeah. That Heather, Heather is not just going to stand there and let this happen. No. <laughs> it's awesome. This episode was great. Oh, also... Oh, dude. We have, like, there's so much Dude, there's happens. so much. I mean, we need to backtrack a little bit. About George, unless you wanted to inject okay, something else. Okay, yeah, go ahead. I was going to say, and it's we can just brush over it really quick. George is super paranoid about getting in front of people and talking. Yeah. Which is odd, but I guess most people have this fear. I, I do not have this fear, yeah. and I know you do not have this fear. Of course. But any of the speech writing class I've ever taken, I know people are deathly afraid of speaking in large groups, even small groups of people. I don't understand it. It's weird. It is bizarre. But George is one of those. Mm-hmm. And he has trouble writing a speech because he doesn't really want to do it, partly because he's lazy. He's um, also a terrible writer. Yeah. Well, we know that from past episodes. Right. Uh, but Belvedere's going to help him because they're friends now. Yes. They're happy fellows <laughs> together. Happy guy club. Happy yes. guy club. Almost outed by two other happy guys. Well, it doesn't matter. Hey. So Belvedere's going to help him. So I guess he helps him write a speech more from the heart. But there's also a scene where they take all of Heather or Wesley's stuffed animals and set up an audience in the living room where Belvedere mans a uh, skunk puppet. <laughs> and they pretend to be the audience yes. for George as he gives a speech. Amazing. Just like in concept alone, that's wonderful. How did they fit so many awesome scenes and concepts into one episode? Dude, I have no idea. <sighs> and it only gets better. We haven't right. even covered all of it yet. Yeah. But just again, long story short, George, the happy guys come back. George is like, look, I can't do this. Um, they're like, why not? Why not? We need someone before Friday. They ask Belvedere if he wants to be the happy man. He's like, nope, not doing it. But they somehow convince George to do it, and he's cool with it. Right. That explains most right, of all right, of right. that. So, we, okay, so we get there, and so George is about to give his speech. Our pal Jack Dodson uh, comes up to the stage and is like, uh, before we have our special speaker tonight, um, we have to make a, a terrible announcement. The founder of the Happy Guy Club <laughs> been taken to the hospital. He's seriously ill. Rushed there. Oh, it, it looks it looks bad. We, we're going to bring this giant red phone out. <laughs> So we can let you know the minute we hear words if he's dead or not. 
So everyone's quite upset. There's a lot of tears in the room. It's like, all right, but now, and now for our featured speaker, George Owens. <laughs> what you think about it is the worst way to set up George. Absolutely. I mean, it's like, oh no, George. Oh, it's the worst. So uh, George starts to make a speech. It's going terribly. Just bad. Oh, awful. But then all of the drama with Kevin starts to break. I'm sorry. I forgot something. I was waiting for you. I forgot about Marsha. Dude, let's preface this a little bit. The reason we're even looking at Heather's dress is because her and Marsha went out dress shopping together for this big event. Yeah. And Heather comes in the door from the shopping experience and is like, Mom, why won't you let me wear anything that low cut? And Mom's like, because you're my daughter, obviously, and you're right. not old enough. Right. I don't care what. So the question is, what's Marsha wearing? Yeah, there's like a big, what dress she got? Marsha looks hot. Marsha rolls up in a very tight low-cut dress. Marsha looks awesome. That weird 80s hair at the beginning has been toned down a little bit. Where has this Marsha been? <laughs> and like even like Kevin's date, uh, Roxanne is like, Kevin, your mom is stacked. But the way she says it isn't like like you like in admiration. It's almost in worry. Like it's almost like your mom's stacked. Do I measure up? It's like, what does that, why are you saying it like that? I think she's that's heard weird. rumors that there's incest in the family. <laughs> Are you with your mom or your sister? Which one are, which, who am I competing against? Is it your sister or your mom? Because if it's your mom, I don't know. That bitch is stacked. She is stacked. When she takes off that jacket. <laughs> when she, when she derobes from the coat that she yeah. has on, every man in the audience whistles at her. Weird. It is weird. Are happy weird. guys construction workers? What uh, is this? I think, well, I think I think they just, they appreciate fashion more than anything. <laughs> it is a nice dress. I will give them that. And she does wear it very well. Yes, yeah, she does. Wow, Brad. My mm. feelings with Marsha have changed much wow. since the last episode where she was just a bitch. <laughs> I mean. Bananas. George is making a speech. All of a sudden, all hell breaks loose with the, the lover's quadrangle. And the uh, wife is yelling at Kevin, Kevin is yelling at her, Roxanne's getting in the mix, everyone's having a big fight, everyone's standing up and arguing publicly. Except Heather, of course. Of course, because Heather is just like weeping. Like, Wesley's doing something. I think Wesley starts attacking the man catcalling his mom. Yeah. He's like, that's my mom, mister. Starts kicking them. It's like, I'll throw you into a, into a death pit, damn it. <laughs> I'll catch you with my death bag. I'm Wesley T. <laughs> <laughs> and uh, so all hell breaks loose, and then all of a sudden, somehow, for some reason, it gets like quiet because I think they realize how weird and creepy this is. And then George's like, "Oh, that's my family. <laughs> oh, uh, they're great. That's." Uh, and, but they're all still standing, which is weird. They're just kind of standing up in the place awkwardly. But then there's a ring at the phone. Ring, ring, ring. Well, this can't get any worse. So George picks it up. Hello. I was really on the edge of my seat because I was, I was, I Belvedere. I have no idea whether what the answer is going to be on that line. Yeah. Yeah, like, they, they, they've set this loaded gun on the table, and we've been waiting for it to go off. It does, it's like, oh, okay. Hey, turns out he's going to be just fine. Yay! So now George has, he's gotten his applause, he's got confidence. His family is, settles down. Kevin apologizes to his wife for some reason. I guess he learns a lesson. Don't know what it is. Bevel, dear, I would love for you to tell us what that lesson is, because I have no idea. I don't know what the lesson is. I don't know. Why, again, real quick, why is Kevin made to feel this way about how he's acting toward these women? Because it doesn't make sense. Oh, Kevin... You do not entertain the fancies of a crazy girl who doesn't have to be attractive at all. Right. In lieu of the woman that you actually like? 
Who's just a little awkward? Who's well, your sister? And your sister. Right. I mean, okay, yeah, I was talking about Roxanne, oh, but you're right. Sorry. I mean, we know, but right. I'm showing from the context of, you know, yeah, the two yeah, girls. Yeah. yeah. I do love how Roxanne at one point, because she's the one who goes off first. She's like, I'm leaving, because you're not paying me enough attention, I think. Mm-hmm. It's like, okay. Fine. It is weird that she's, why aren't you paying her more attention, Yeah, Kevin? Pay her some attention. I would be paying her some attention. No, I'd probably be paying Marsha some attention. How can you not pay Marsha attention? I mean, attention? come on, look at that dress. Which I really think is why Heather is a little upset. I mean, beyond the whole point of her orchestrating this, the fact that more attention is being drawn toward Mother. And, right. you know, that could have been Heather if Mother had let her have a low-cut dress, too, I guess. True that. I don't know. It's it, bananas. How does it end? Uh, How does it end? Belvedere's writing his journal at the thing he finds a couple of minutes. Well, they're still at the event because uh, George took uh, Belvedere's advice, which was actually pretty bad advice. Why don't you just tell some sports stories if people get bored? Yeah. So George is going over all his old sports stories about the Pirates and the Steelers and... And the Foxes and everyone's yeah, just yeah. bored to death. The White Sox. How is that a baseball team? I don't know. How can you have White Sox as a mascot or emblem for your team, Brad? Let me just throw that out really quick. If I, Out of all the teams we've mentioned so far, which do you think is the most lame, boring, and bland? Would it be the White Sox? The Foxes? aren't really a team, by the way. Oh, I'm sure there's a Fox team somewhere. Well, I mean, you're the sports expert, so I assume well, I'm that there just, are. I'm just going over the history of all, oh, all sports. Oh, the broader America. Okay, right. yeah. You know, because you know, there's a lot of teams that don't exist anymore that used to exist, you know. But the White Sox? The White Sox. We're lazy. We're just going to talk about our White Sox. We bleach them. Big deal. We have one team. We have a White Sox, and we have Knickerbockers. What is with these <laughs> shitty teams? Hey, sports, try a little harder. I mean, really. I mean, let the Cincinnati Reds. You're a color. You're a color? Okay. <sighs> Red Sox. You got Red Sox? How is that a team? <laughs> Guys, seriously. I mean, you can go animal. Animals are good. You pick an animal. There's a lot of shitty animal teams out there, too. What about the ones that are, like, anchored to the industry that's in the area? Like, I think it's the Detroit Pistons. Ugh. It's like, well, hey, let's go what? to J-Town. How about, how about the old, how about the old Pingle, Pringles Park with the Diamond Jacks? <laughs> miners? Okay. What? Miners? Oh, we're the miners. Oh, so you have black lung and you die at a young age? Who are the Packers? The Green Bay Packers. Pack- packagers? Do they export something? I, what does it mean? Hey, all sports teams, have better names. Why don't you have an awesome name like Ramjack and then change up what happens to your uh, team every week? Yes. That would make a lot, that would be more entertaining for starters. How about, how about, uh, how about uh, Xerxes Fury? Whoa. There's a team for you. That sounds like a good team. I can yeah. get behind that team. Hey, hey, if you got a podcast out there, let us pimp it for you. Uh, if you got we'll a help you out. Team, if you got a sports team, we'll also help you out. We'll come with, we're great coming up with mascots. As oh, anyone dude. as anyone in our in our high school graduating class <laughs> would know, when we, we lobbied long and hard to change our high school mascot from the hawk Boring. to Richard Dreyfus. <laughs> the Dreyfuses. The Dreyfuses. The fighting Dreyfuses. I mean, come on. That's such a great mascot. We are here for you. Let us help you. NFL, NBA, which I don't think is actually meeting anymore. Well, you don't know the detail. I, I don't want you to get into oh, that. No, I know no. how passionate you feel about the NBA. I think, I think everything. I think everything's pretty much worked out at this point. You think it's gonna work out? I think we're good. I think we're good. Cool. I don't remember what baseball is. MLB. Anyway, um, 
guys. The Major, the Major League Baseball Association? You got it. Yes! I'm sorry. I slipped it. Thank you so much for knowing sports. <laughs> that was a huge guess. That was a sports fact I knew. Um... <laughs> Hockey teams, we don't discriminate. No. Let us do. Let us design. The, let the, let the us do NHL. Your the NHL. Sure. All right. All right. There you go. All right. Is there any more? There's the PGA. <laughs> it's the tour all of right. golf. All right. Close enough. Hey, the PGA tour is old. Let's give you a new name. You need mascots for golf. You guys need mascots. You need a clear marketing direction. Oh, I'm Tiger Woods. That's a person. How about I'm Tiger Woods, the tiger. <laughs> here comes. Here comes the tiger. You know how awesome it would be if he just w- walked out to the tee. In a fursuit. In a tiger suit, but also with two tigers beside him. Yes. Or even women dressed up in furry tiger suits, like just prowling around Ooh, him. Oh, like sexy cat suits. Like, yeah. Like a Tory. Yeah. Just like Tories this. around him. I like this. I like this. I could, you know what? People would start watching golf a lot more. Hell yeah, they would. People might start paying money to play golf more. We got all the ideas. Why doesn't everyone just listen to us? <laughs> Guys, we're here to help. Podcast, sports, whatever. Whatever the fuck you need help with, we will do it. And we will do it better than anyone else. Ramjack. <laughs> Try a product, please. <laughs> All right. Where were we? I, I... We're, we're done with Belvedere. It was the greatest episode ever. <laughs> it was the greatest episode. Everyone, you should buy the box set to watch this episode. Man. It's insane. And, like, we didn't talk about everything. No. I mean, it would be impossible to talk about Minute by minute, there's more wackiness than I ever imagined possible. The only other thing I want to mention, if I can, just really quick, Brad, I know it. we're low on go, time. Go, go, go. Belvedere comes in, bamboozled by Wesley. We talked about this. He got trapped in a mud trap. Yes. He comes in. He goes and finds Wesley in his room, off camera. We don't see it. When Belvedere comes back in a matter of minutes, Belvedere is completely changed. Right. He's had a shower. <laughs> his hair is fine where it used to have mud. And he's got Wesley by the collar. He's like, listen here, kid. Right. You're going to learn a viable lesson. What we didn't see was the, was the wacky scene where the seal helped him, like, wash up and change. <laughs> they've, got a, they've got a good little routine. <laughs> yes, but Belvedere, guys, it's... Great episode. It's episodes like this that remind me why we watch Belvedere. Yeah. It's getting better every single episode. And I think we almost wrote it off. We almost... Oh, guys, it was on notice. Wow. If you put something on notice, give it a, give it a give second. Give it a shot. Give it a shot. Unless that person is really clingy and crazy. Yes. Then that's all right. Yeah. All right, Alex. Uh, well, let's uh, let's go to California, where everything's a little crazy. Uh, Wrestling with the future. Let's go wrestle with the future on Saved by the Bell. All right, Alex. Um, Belvedere was epic. Yes. As was Saved by the Bell. So uh, we're gonna be talking about a little episode called Wrestling with the Future. Just to see the television <clears throat> and to see the episodes coming up. We'll get to that in a second. But wow, it's good times. Saved by the Bell is awesome. Good times coming up. So Alex, are you ready? I'm ready. You're going to have one minute to summarize a little adventure we call Wrestling with the Future. Alright. Three, two, one, go. Guys, we are standing at the edge of tomorrow, but we're not there yet. We are out of the Toryverse, we are back into Normalverse, but things are a little weird. But everyone at Bayside is worried about where they're going to go to college. Oh, man, it's a tough choice. Jesse Spano is passing out because she's not getting into anything she wants. For some reason, Screech is getting into every college ever because he applied for all of them, even prestigious stuff. Uh, Kelly Kowalski's fine to go to community college. She's settling. She understands she has to. And Zach may actually go to Yale or Dartmouth. I can't remember what he says. But Slater's got a trouble on his hands because he's a state-class wrestler, maybe going national, and he's got a full ride to Iowa State. You poor fellow. But his dad wants him to go to West Point because he has all these connections. So he's got two evils to choose from, and he's having a hard time. 
uh, a congressman comes to interview Slater, and uh, Zach thankfully botches it because he's his best friend, and he also got ten dollars from Slater's dad. <laughs> Slater's dad's all military, like like. But then they get into trouble with something that I'm sure is illegal uh, from West Point. And Slater has to confront his dad and tell him, Dad, I don't want to be in the military like you. Dad deals with it. He comes to support him in his wrestling match. And all is pretty much right with the world. And everyone is still thinking about their futures. Oh, also, Jesse Spano gets to go to Columbia University. Say by the bell. All right. God damn it. <laughs> we got you in at 116. See, I was trying to be calm about it and not freaking out like I normally do. And that hurt me. Yeah. I know I could have shaved those you 17 could, you seconds off. You could have made it. You could have made it. Then, hey. And plus, I was trying to think of what else happened in the episode that I didn't want to get too in-depth. Right. Should we start doing two and a, one and a half minutes? No. I because think we, we, keep we are consistently going over a minute. Well. We're getting too zealous with these hey, things. Hey, you've got, you, you've got to have a goal. <laughs> <laughs> we got to have goals in life. It's a goal in Ramjack. <laughs> you got to have a goal. If we can't surmise an episode in a minute, what? We, you got to try. So, no, try. You, you may not make it. But at least you try for it. Yeah. If we can surmise a whole episode of a television show in a minute, mm-hmm. I know you can surmise your podcast in less than 15 or 30 seconds without any musical filler. Let us pimp your podcast. Let us promote your podcast properly. Or your products or company. We can do that. Whatever you've got. Of course, if it's a company or a product, we're going to want some money. By the way, a Ramjack $30 million challenge still in effect. Uh, we'll guys, carry on we'll carry on into 2012 if we have to. I mean the prize packs alone are amazing. True. So get on that. For reals. But back let's, to the bell. Let's talk about this. Okay, first of all, let's get it out there. This is an episode about homosexuality, right? <laughs> if the happy guy episode of Belvedere was about homosexuality, which it was. Right. We didn't even talk about George and Belvedere's love for each other in that whole. We were too busy about Heather and right, Kevin. Right, right, right. Um, then this episode is definitely about homosexuality. Dude, I don't know how to not take this as homosexual with some of the lines of dialogue from this. Yeah, because the, the crux of the problem is Slater, who you, you did get this wrong in your, in your summary, he's not a state um, champ. He's the city champ. <laughs> My bad. I was getting ahead of myself. Yeah. He's going into... He's going to state... California's state wrestling yeah. championship. But, you know, Slater, he's a great wrestler. He loves wrestling. It's what he's passionate about. Because it would make more sense if he was already one state for right. Iowa to scout him. Exactly. Who's in Iowa going to high school wrestling matches from Iowa in California? I don't know. And why would Slater think about moving to Iowa when he's already living in California? It doesn't In L.A. There's, no, there's a thousand levels of not making sense. But this is this is the problem. Slater is he's a he's he's a wrestling star, and he, he that's what he wants to do. He doesn't want to be in the military like his dad, but his dad doesn't understand that he's got he's, there's there's things that Slater wants that are different than what his dad wants. Yeah. Slater wants to wrestle guys, and there's nothing wrong with that. There's nothing wrong with that. But his dad's old and doesn't understand that. His dad's in the military. He wouldn't understand. He's, he's a, he would he's only a see different Slater time. as a disappointment. Right, and Slater doesn't want to be that. He doesn't want to be army man. He wants to be wrestling man. <laughs> oh, but he can't bring himself to tell him because it's it's he doesn't want to disappoint his father. And he I mean, doesn't want to be an embarrassment. And you know, this is such a common theme in literature, television, movies that I really think Saved by the Bell covers it pretty well. I think so. I mean, it's hard coming out to your parents. <laughs> it's hard coming out to your parents. It's just hard. That's what this ep- this is a coming out episode, and it starts with Mario Lopez. <laughs> Come on! I mean, it's transparent at this point. Oh, so, I mean, really, it's just bananas. 
Um, I was so nice to see Jesse Spano back though. Yeah, it's uh, watching the credits, hoping who is Tori gonna show up? Are we back in the? T- no, we're back. Yay! But I still feel there's something wrong with the universe because for some reason this episode Screech keeps hitting on Jesse as opposed to Turtle. They didn't get Zach didn't get it right when he tried to fix the time space kind of continuum. Right. Or as we know for fan fiction, maybe Belvedere didn't get it right. <laughs> Something has happened. Something's wrong. But Screech, yeah, continually. There's like a weird sexual tension between him and Jesse through the whole episode. Right. And she keeps turning him down. It's like clearly, I almost feel like maybe they had like a, a draft of the script where it was Turtle that wasn't getting into the college. But then they realized, oh, we already had, a, we already had an episode where Turtle gets into the Fashion Institute. So let's switch it to Jesse. <laughs> Again, no mention of uh, Zach and Turtle ever hooking up. Yeah. Uh, I guess him and Kelly still have like their weird yes. open relationship. <laughs> How great was it when Kelly was like, "Well, I guess I'm just going to community college." No, what was awesome about that was the the lines leading up to it. Because uh-huh. I want to say someone wasn't thinking about their future, or someone was thinking about it. Maybe Zach was just nonchalant, like, "Ah, whatever." And Kelly was like, "Zach, we need to think about our future. I, for one, am going to community college and getting a job." <laughs> oh, like Turtle, you got in that fashion institute. Jesse's hoping to get into these like major colleges. Screech is getting all these um, possibilities from colleges. So they just got a full scholarship, full wrestling scholarship to Iowa. And I'm going to go to community college and get a job. <laughs> oh, Kelly Kapowski, you're the worst. Kelly, you are an attractive woman. You can do better than that. Starting can she? out. Can she? Well, I mean, maybe not. Maybe not. Oh, snap. I meant to bring this up on the podcast. Dude, it's... I apologize, guys. I'm not on my A-game. I've been feeling horrible and working hard. It's been rough. But I read an article about actual things, like signs, you can tell in your common everyday exploits that tell you the economy is going under. Mm -hmm. And one of them is something that apparently people think is legit. I question its validity. When you start seeing more attractive waiters and waitresses, hard economic times are coming. Because those attractive people would normally be, you know, fine. It's like, oh, you're, you're hot? Be the secretary. It's whatever are getting fired because they can't do anything on the job force. And since they don't have any real skills, why not do something that has less skills? Dude, I'm telling you what the actual theory is. This is a real economic theory. I feel like maybe... I was, my mind was blown reading Maybe it. if it was the 1980s. I just don't feel like currently... I just don't feel that applies. It's an even playing field now. But I, I'm saying that maybe this theory was thought of back then. I don't mm. remember when the time it was. Um, but still, this is the early 90s. Yeah. Late 80s for the Saved by the Bell folk. Bananas. She can do better than that. I don't know. I've seen college years. I don't know if you can do better. <laughs> That's something also awesome because you said that during the middle of the episode. You said, uh, we all know this is bullshit because we all know they all go to the same college. Well, not all of them, but we just Screech know. Screech just yeah. can't afford Harvard even though he got accepted. It's crazy. Zach, um, Zach gets accepted to Yale, by the way. Yeah. I couldn't remember what it was. But he's completely like nonchalant about it. He's like, because he's embarrassed that he has a future now. This is also when we realize or get very... I mean, validation that Zach is actually a genius because mm. he makes what he made like a super high score on his fifteen hundred on the SATs. Yeah, he's like, yeah, so I applied. My mom made me. All right, question: Can we just guess that everyone's just actually lying? Zach lied about getting accepted to Yale to make himself sound cooler, so maybe he can bang Jesse. <laughs> um, Jesse lied because we know she ends up, of course, becoming a stripper. <laughs> the showgirls is canon. <laughs> Well, Turtle didn't lie because we know she got accepted to the Fashion Institute. Right. Slater isn't lying because that's the whole crux of the episode. Kelly Kapowski's a little too honest sometimes. I yeah. think she's being legit. Yeah. Kelly's being legit. I, I know this. We'll get to that when we talk about college years. But, uh... 
Oh, you guys yeah. are coming to college with me. We're all going to get jobs. Oh, we'll, we'll get we'll get to that someday. Screech can't be lying unless he's got a lot of Photoshop skills, which didn't even exist back then. Mm -hmm. So I mean, well, Screech, Screech is, is just weird though, because he, he like his main college he wanted to go to was what was it? Some girls' college. We get dates easier. Fuck uh, Harvard. Yeah. Fuck Ivy League. Fuck Iowa. He's a crazy person. So <laughs> there's no there's no Screech is nuts. Yeah, sure. Of course he turned down major schools to go to a crappy school with the only people that'll sit in a room with him at all. It's kind of sad to realize that all these kids in this television show are thinking about their futures. Mm -hmm. Knowing that Tori's fucking everything up. Right. So it's almost like null that they did. I mean, right. This might actually be legit. Like they might have actually got a chance to go to Columbia and Yale, but then Tori fucked it up at the end. Mm -hmm. Um for whatever reasons. But it is kind of weird to realize that the show in the season is, in theory, winding down like it did. Like, they're like, you know what? Let's deal with adult things like a school dance every week and college. But who has the worst problem with this, Brad? Who has the nightmare choice to make? Slater. His dad's got him an interview with a congressman who's got pull to get him into West Point. West Point's really competitive, Brad. I don't know why, but it is. Yeah, a lot of people want to go die for their country. Or actually, actually, if you're going to West Point, more likely you want to get a high up-ranking commission so that you can have power. Maybe you're also going to like be an engineer for the army or something, which I'm sure they would hire people from like legit schools like MIT. Or <laughs> well, yeah, but no, at West Point, it's, it's more like the high up. Um, you're going for like leadership ranking, which is really just you just want to put in your time long enough so that you can become a government contractor and make tons of money from the military industrial complex because America spends too much fucking money on the military. True. That's a fact. And you just become a lobbyist for them. But make lots of money. This is gonna sound weird and I hate to sound uneducated on our podcast of all places. Mm -hmm. I never understood what West Point really did. I mean you explained it very well, but what do they learn there? Oh like a military college? I. How can that even exist? I, can, can I mention something that I haven't mentioned? Because I didn't have the information at the time, but I'm going to backtrack. Sure. Do you remember the Save by the Bell episode where we had the awesome kid with a flat top? Yeah. That child. Your son, your son. Yeah, my son. I knew I recognized him from somewhere. Child's Play 3, the one that's set in a military academy, basically West Point. He's the kid. He's like the lead kid that Chucky's trying to take over. Whoa! Bam! I just blew your mind. Wow. It's awesome. But that explains why he's a little terror in this episode. Yeah. But yeah, dude, I never yeah, understood. It's, like, it's gross. Like someone says, "Well, I'm going to West Point." What is that exactly? Well, if people... you say you're going to like a college, I understand what you're doing, but yeah, people are generally, for some reason, expected to have some kind of respect for the military for some reason, which I don't, can't, and won't. What do they learn? Do they learn about history? Do they, is it military history? Is it just pure military track? Like I'm gonna learn everything there yeah. is about military. I don't. I honestly. I mean, honestly, I'm not that versed in it. Do they I, have gun classes? These are different guns yeah. they use in the military. Here's fight it's combat training. Military training, strategic training. How is that different I, than boot camp and normal? Because it's, it's not. Weird. For, it's only for people that it's are going to be yeah. bypassing the grunt work and working at the higher right. levels of things. It's okay. You people actually have a future. You're not the poor people that we've somehow tricked into becoming in the military because we need poor, dumb, yokel idiots to shoot people. These are for the families of military. I have military. I didn't notice this because I, I again confused while watching the episode. At one point. They start asking stuff about West Point, and they said, look, at West Point, you're going to get an education and uh, a career career training? And I thought, education in what? Military? <laughs> Are they going to learn about, like, real history? Are they going to learn how to write? Ugh. What's a writing class at military school? Do they learn about computers? Can you imagine having to take one of those office <laughs> classes or, like, this is how you use a computer at a military school? That's got to be the worst. 
I'm because they're running on old equipment. It's like, all right, yeah. guys, we're gonna learn DOS today. What? Oh, fuck. I fuck the military. Just I mean, fuck the military. I just have so many questions. It's gross. But I, I agree wholeheartedly. Yeah. I, but you get I mean, no support from me. Military. I'm sorry. I, I will I will call my uh, West Point curiosities for another time. Well, when we do the Wikipedia episode, when we just look things oh. up on Wikipedia, it'll be awesome. Oh, and informative. Yeah. But let's keep this train rolling. So all hell's ringing. The Slayer doesn't want to go. He can't tell his father. Zack comes comes up with a wacky scheme where he impersonates Slater, freak out the congressman. Why Slater can't just do a shitty interview, I don't understand. But they get caught. And this is the point where it gets crazy because the congressman and Belding realize what happened. First of all, why a congressman is coming to Bayside to interview Slater in person using Mr. Belding's office because there are only two rooms. Yeah. It's weird. I guess that's better than to be interviewed at the max. <laughs> Which is their other option, I suppose. I don't know the fact that a military person could just come in our country and just like, I'm going to take over the school. Yeah. Hey, principal, I need an office. Yours is the best. I'll take that one. How many do you have a good classroom? Oh, you have one classroom. Fuck. Oh, and the students are using it right now for learning? <laughs> All right. You have, a, you have an elevator, a classroom, and an office. <laughs> Pretty much. And a half chew? Yeah. Weirdest school. It's the weirdest. But it's right connected to this weird burger joint. It's doing great business. <laughs> the Max is connected to Bayside. Yes. It's always staffed with it. It's always the same kids are in it. Same extras just there all the time in the same clothes. It's really weird. Man, to think that they're on a, an oil well or just like a... It's a crazy world. Yeah, it's man. a crazy fucking universe. Yeah, so that ball blows up. Then we get Congressman and Belding cooking up a wacky scheme. This has to be illegal what they do, right? Definitely illegal. It's Absolutely just, illegal. And why would you do this to children? I mean, the Patriot Act was not in effect yet. They basically, they, they come to the classroom, uh, Zach Morris, you're under arrest for impersonating a West Point applicant. What? And A.C. Slater, you're also under arrest for aiding and abetting someone trying to do this. What? And they handcuff them and take them to Belding's office. Wow. No. Can't do it. Mm. Illegal. Mm. Sorry. Can't ha that nope. can't happen. Nope. Sorry. No. Oh, they're trying to teach him a lesson? What's the lesson? That we can do anything we want. That uh, civil That's... liberties mean nothing in this fucking country? And to do that in front of the rest of the class? To show these other kids? I mean, because you're really not only scaring right. Slater and Zach, the rest of the class is like, well, who are these people that can just come over and take our government can do this? What? Hey, um, um, I know this is a classroom, um, but I'm pretty sure at one point this was a history class, and I think we learned something about the Constitution, and you can't do this, you crazy fuckers! Look, Zach is only fooling, fellas. <laughs> he'll, be, he'll be good from now on. You're not allowed to impersonate someone else? Fuck. Oh. Which I guess is identity theft, there, but well, there are high schools do and... You, do you remember when Rich Little got sent to Guantanamo Bay? Oh. He's still in there. When was the last time you heard from Rich Little? No one talks about it anymore. No one does. No one. Shipped him right off. Dana Carvey? Gone. Gone. He was too good at some of them. Too good. Is that what happens to impressionists? Because yes. I have noticed Guantanamo Bay. A lot of them on Saturday Night Live. They'll be there for a few seasons, then gone. Disappear. Just ghosted. Disappear. Yeah. They get taken away because yeah. they get in trouble for impersonating. Exactly. Wow. Can't do that in this country. That is terrifying. Also, can't be on the sidewalks in New York at times. Don't want to do that. Well, dude, for your safety, I just want people to know that. Uh, Mormon Morgan Freeman did lend his voice talents for our uh, special reading. Mm -hmm. I mean, so no one should look into the fact that someone else may have done that or impersonated that. Was that was Morgan Freeman. That was Morgan Freeman. He's a friend of the show. Don't you blow up my cover? I'm not playing. Dude, I don't want to go to Guantanamo. I, no one's going I don't anywhere. Go to Guantanamo. You are only fooling. I mean, no one's fooling. It's totally I legit. I, I'm going to be the next Bradley Manning. No, you oh. are not going. Remember me, Hadou. Remember me. <laughs> They'll never take me alive. Um. 
but if anyone out there would like us to pump their podcast or maybe become a second host with me on Randjack, we might have a position opening up. Oh, God. You'll be fine, Brad. You'll be I'm fine. Scared. But I'm taking those applications. Please send them to Ramjack at gmail.com. Um, dude, all this military stuff in this episode scared and bothered me. Repulsive. Absolutely repulsive. But then Belding sits down and has like a heart-to-heart with Slater, and it's clearly a coming-out scene. Yeah. It's like, well, Slater... Listen, you've got to let your dad know who you are. You've got to live your dreams. You can't just let... Well, he doesn't even have to say anything. Like, he just goes like, Mmm, A.C. Slater. What? What is the sound coming out of my mouth it's mimicking weird. him? Sitting down, like, just putting his legs apart, just, like, dangling, his, looking over at him. I think we learned in this that, um, I suggested that maybe A.C. Slater lost his virginity to Mr. Belding. Yeah. Alex, you had a different theory. <laughs> Oh, that Mr. Belding lost his virginity to A.C. Slater? I think it's possible. You think it was his first or second virginity? Hmm. Do you think he reclaimed his virginity? Could be. No, but I mean, the way that he clings onto him is just like that woman. Yeah, he's like rubbing his shoulders at one point. Yeah, really touchy-feely. Coming in the locker room, just be like, hey, you. Yeah, and we get that locker room scene, and Slater's wearing his wrestling outfit, which... Dude is ripped. I will give him that. Sure. Doing weird stretches. A lot of weird those stretches. Those are wrestling stretches so much those are like limbering up stretches for yeah. something. Hmm. Belling comes in for another heart-to-heart and is like, you're going to get them, buddy. Urgh. We're going to get them. What? Never mind. Nothing. You're going to Some... cream them. You're going to cream those guys. Wait, let's rewind just for a split second. When Zach goes over to Slater's house, because Slater knows that dad's not going to be cool with this. Right. So he invites Zach over to tell him, like, hey, I got accepted into Iowa State. The recruiter came from Iowa to talk to me for five minutes in the max in person to say that I got accepted. Hey, Slater, you want to go to Iowa State have a full-ride scholarship? Yeah. Okay, thanks. See you in September. What? Outskis. <laughs> He had other stuff. He had. Other, I want to know what his story was. Yeah. What's the movie that covers what he was doing in L.A.? He's not from Iowa State. Nope. But, um, <laughs> but when they go over to his house, uh, Slater rolls in on his dad and says, drop and give me 20. And dad drops and gives him 20. And he's like, wait a minute. That's my son. Not that. It's not a flashback to whatever weird thing that happened where I have to give people 20 push-ups. So there's buddy-buddy stuff. And that's when the whole thing about, hey, you're going to West Point. Right. Um, which I also think it's awesome that Zach tries to say something and Slater's like, no, 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 remember I owe you 10 bucks, Zach, because that's hush money, because he knows the only thing that will get Zach to shut up is money. Yeah. <laughs> um, but he says something about wrestling, and he says something like, Zach's making the joke that Slater was fucking a girl, which we all know is funny, and ha-ha. He's like, yeah, he, he got her, pinned her down and everything. Yeah, you should have seen it. And he laughs, and he's like, no, actually, Dad, I was wrestling men. I pinned him and creamed him. It's <laughs> like... Oh, excuse me? It wasn't a girl, it was a guy. I pinned him and creamed him. That, that's the exact, yes. It wasn't a girl, it was a guy. I pinned him and creamed him. After the joke about me fucking a girl. No, it wasn't a girl, actually. I pinned down a dude and creamed him. What? <laughs> Mario Lopez, everybody. Mario Lopez. That was really brave of him to do in the early yeah. 90s. It, this really was a coming out episode. Like, yeah. on, like we kid about George and Belvedere, but this was the coming out episode. <laughs> For AC Slater. I'm still just... Where did the phrase, we creamed them, or let's cream them, come from? I thought it was, like, really old, and, like, it had to do something else, right? Surely there's no sexual connotation in any of that. No, 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 no. I hope not. No. Like, I creamed them. I turned them into cream. Yeah, I pulverized them. Pulverized. I pulverized them. Well, I beat them so hard that they weren't matter. They were cream. They were a liquid creme. Yeah, well, I pinned a guy and then ejaculated (laughs) on him. What? Hmm? Yeah. Classic pinning cream. 
<laughs> That's an old classic wrestling move. Learn it from the Greeks. Is that the one where you're behind them starting out, or when you're on the ground and they're over you? Well, you know, a variety is a spice of life. Remember Slater. If all else fails, pin and cream. <laughs> pin and cream. Got it, coach. Let me at him. <laughs> yeah. 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 Um. In the end, Slater's dad comes and is like, "Hey, son, I understand. Uh, I want to see. I want to see my son uh, pin a guy and cream him in the big, <laughs> big wrestling match at Bayside. That's apparently the state match at Bayside because that happens. Good job. Do your thing. I still love you, even if you are a wrestler. <laughs> a wrestler of dudes. And not and not interested in being in the military because you can't be legally." <laughs> I don't think they'd pass Don't Ask, Don't Tell by then. I think that's why his dad's so cool with it. Because in most situations in television, we would be them like, no, there'd be more fury before. Mm-hmm. There'd be more talking to's. Maybe Zach would go to dad and be like, look, you should accept your son. Right. But I think the fact that he realized, oh, well, my son can't be in the military for right. who he is. And that's Saved by the Bell. Saved really. by the Bell, I mean, guys. Jesse gets into Columbia. Jesse does get into Finally. Columbia, yeah. What's up with the whole thing about when she she just has to eat junk food if she doesn't get into the school? What, what kind of weird... She's an emotional eater. So she... Replaced her pill problem with food problems. Yeah, I think she's probably a little bulimic. I didn't get in. I didn't get into Harvard. Give me that milkshake. Someone else's milkshake. I just stole off of the waitress's thing, and the waitress is cool with it. It's crazy. I mean, Zach owns the joint. Yeah, <laughs> his friends get whatever they want. I guess. Yeah. Great episode. Fun episode. That's Saved by the Bell. Yay! The next episode of Saved by the Bell is called Drinking and Driving. Oh, Brad, it breaks my heart that I won't be here. In the next couple of weeks to do this with you. We're going to have to uh, wait for the new year, right? Yeah, we're going we're gonna to save this episode. Guys, um, we're going to have some episodes coming out. No worries. Yeah. Some some podcasts like to take holiday breaks. I think that's nonsense. <laughs> we're going to bring you the show. Continue to bring the show through the holidays. So enjoy right. those. Indeed. And happy holidays. Happy holidays. All right, guys. We have our some listener feedback. First from uh, old Alfio. Alfio dreams, fears, and nosebleeds. Brad, you normally read these, and I was questioning how to read Dreams, Fears, and Nosebleeds because there wasn't any punctuation. But here goes, guys. Alfio says, Brad, if you have a hard time going to sleep, I've found that a, the cold helps me sleep. So first, lay down on your bed without any blankets, and then put ice pack on the back of your neck, and then put cold, a cold rag, wash rag, over your eyes. Put a fan next to you, put a fan next to your bed so it'll stay cold. You ever think about that, Brad? I've actually tried that before. I know. We've talked about this because there was those pillows you could get that were like icy cold. Yeah. Uh, What do you think? It doesn't help. It helps Alfio. This seems rather elaborate. Lay down without any blankets. Take all the blankets off and then put an ice pack on the back of your neck and then put a cold wash rag over your eyes. This seems like an extreme. It does. It almost seems like this is not just for like trying to get to sleep. It's almost like Alfio is in like a furnace or something and has to do this just to maintain normal (laughs) body temperature. (laughs) Alfio, thanks for the help. Brad will maybe try it again, perhaps. But Alvio continues, About the nosebleed and screaming, you're probably just a serial killer. (laughs) That's a science fact. About the nosebleed and screaming, you're probably just a serial killer. I recommend becoming Dexter. (laughs) But seriously, you probably just hurt your nose when you were sleeping. And about the screaming, fuck. If I know, I have also woke with a nosebleed. Alf, yo, I have no idea what you are saying to us. I can only as- uh, assume that you are... I also understand Bla- Brad's plight because you've also woken with a nosebleed and we're freaked out. Also, you've recognized that Brad may be a serial killer, which we've mentioned on the show before. Hey, I'll cut you in my death bag. I love that he recommends you become Dexter. 
It's a good serial killer to be. It is a good serial killer to be. A serial killer, serial killer. I have decided to tell you guys more about myself. Like I have tenonitis, I think. Is that what it is? I think that's what he's going for. Tendonitis? We think you're going for tendonitis, uh, Alfio. Please clarify. He, Tenni has, he, has, he has tinnitus. He has tinnitus. It means when I am in an area with, with little to no sound, I get a loud ringing in my ears. And because of that, I have to sleep with my TV on. Well, that's interesting. You have to sleep with the TV on, so a constant noise, just so he doesn't have this crazy loud ringing in his ears. Interesting. What are the weirdest dreams and the scariest nightmares you guys have ever had? That's a question, Brad. Now, we know you dream in shapes. What's the scariest dream you've ever had? Um, yeah, I mean, most of my dreams are just free-floating shapes. I don't really know of any. Do any of them terrify you? No. Um, I can answer this really quick. Some of the scariest dreams is when I have reoccurring characters from other dreams come in. Mostly strangers with black eyes. Um, that is kind of terrifying. I've had dreams where I die before. Once in a nuclear explosion. Um, which was pretty crazy. And another where someone murdered me. <laughs> I also have very lucid, vivid dreams, so I can normally, like, feel things, which is odd. So it makes all those dreams very weird. <laughs> those are the weirdest, scariest dreams I have, Alvio. Why don't you tell us about your scary dreams? Here's an episode of Good Eats, the show I told you guys about last email. Also, don't forget to check out the comments. He sent us a YouTube link. Oh, which, by the way, um, Good Eats, I was, I was in the bookstore the other day, and I saw, um, I think that's Alton Brown's show. Oh! Which, I think I've watched that a few times before. Thoughts, feelings? Um, I use his recipe for, uh, um, buffalo wings. Nice! I make fine buffalo wings. Also, here's a very funny review of Twilight Breaking, Perception of Dawn Time Night, Vampire Moon Part 1. I haven't listened to that yet. The review... Um, but I'm sure... I would really appreciate if you guys would watch these videos right now. I don't have... Some of us have work to do in a minute, Alfio. I'm sorry, man. We'll get around to them, maybe. Since you guys always want to know your listeners' fears, mine... Here's mine. Yes! I'm afraid of the dark. Or I'm afraid of the dark clowns. <laughs> <laughs> I'm afraid of the dark clowns. <laughs> the Torlequist dummies? We've both been clowns. Is he calling us ventriloquist dummies? I'm afraid of the dark clowns, ventriloquist dummies. <laughs> He's calling us ventriloquist dummies. I'm afraid dummies. of the dark clowns, you ventriloquist dummies. He's referring to us as dummies who are also ventriloquist. Um, no, and dark clowns. <laughs> are those colored clowns? What are you <laughs> I think that's just racism. That's Alf, appropriate, yo. I know you're in Tennessee, but please. Um, can I point out that not only have we both been clowns. Yeah. Um, you have also made up with a ventriloquism dummy on stage. <laughs> That was for a show, and it was quite funny. And I wrote it. <laughs> and it was hilarious. Mr. Bojangles is what we named that, dummy. Oh, yeah. What Good I times. named him. So what's your fears? Alex, Brad, John. Wait. Brad, Alex, and John. It, he is there. It, he is there. It, he is there. The clown scary thing. Pennywise is Pennywise here. Pennywise is behind you. Run away. That's a dark clown. Brad, Alex. Brad, Alex, your fears? And John, Pennywise is there. It is there in Chicago. Run! John, please go. Alfio oh knows something gosh. we don't. I don't know how he knows, but please get out of there! Stay away from sewers. And your uh, inhaler spray is not magic or acid dust for spider things. Just get out. Science fact. Get to Pittsburgh. Get out. So what are our fears? What are what are your fears, Brad? Uh, Wasps? Um, shorts? Um, a fear that love isn't enough. Oh, no, that's not my fear. That's, that's a ridiculous that fear. That is ridiculous. It's a ridiculous fear. Only ridiculous. Um, uh, my fear is that the world won't listen to me. Because I'm always right. 
but no one seems to listen. I am the arbiter of what is right and wrong, and I'm afraid the world may never realize it in time. I don't know if I want to say my fears out loud on the podcast. Like, to get serious about it, what is something that actually terrifies you? Is there anything that you're, that ab- makes you cringe? I know, object I know, poverty? Object poverty, that is something. Yeah. I know social contact at times, out and about with the norms, Ugh. the plebes, also bothers you. But it isn't really, it's not a fear, though, it's just something I dislike. You dislike. No, maybe not fear. Yeah. Maybe not fearful. No. But object poverty, I think that's a fear all of us share. Yeah. Uh, fear of failure, maybe? Sure. We all experience that. Yeah. I'm trying to think if there's anything in particular, because I know people, like, I have friends who are terrified of bugs. Um, that's maybe irrational, but... Right. A lot of people, people seem to have the sudden, um, believe that I am afraid of insects. I'm not afraid of insects, I just don't want them in my apartment, which is why I suck them up with a vacuum cleaner. Yeah, if, if you were afraid, you wouldn't be able to suck them up with a vacuum cleaner. I would be petrified. Yeah. I just don't like them, because they're gross. Let me think about my fears there's the email, maybe I'll throw one out. Um, also, did you guys listen to the songs I sent you guys over last email? Email? Here's one of the saddest songs I've ever I've ever heard. I ever yeah. I'm sorry. It's hard to read your emails out, yo. Here's one of the saddest songs I've ever heard. I would highly recommend watching it now. Very insistent. Get, very insistent on the now. Get in the mood for my next question. He really wants us to listen to this, Brad. I don't know what the saddest song is. Also, here's a video with the origins. Of this song I would highly recommend watching it now. What is the saddest movie you guys have ever seen? Muppets. Uh, I was a lot of crying, a lot of crying in that. The movie I've cried at the most in would either be Toy Story Three or Big Fish. Oh, Big Fish! I'll tell you that the saddest God movie. Damn, Big Fish destroys me every time Dude, I watch it. I can't not watch the last of that and not cry. I could turn it to right at the beginning or in the middle of that and start crying. Yeah, so powerful. But, um, I'm, but I'm dead serious. That scene in the Muppets. Oh, in the when Kermit's in the hallway. Oh, we, everyone in that Fuck. theater was crying. I don't see, the saddest movie trailer I've ever seen, which is odd to even say, was War Horse. I remember who I was with when I was, was it you I saw that with? Mm-hmm. For some reason, that floored me. Like, I almost started completely losing control there for some reason. I don't know wow. why. You should see the stage show. Oh, dude, of course. Before you have to see the, the Spielberg attack on it. I have two. First is the Iron Giant, because no matter how many times I see it, the end was always going to make me cry. Second is one of the most depressing Disney movies I've ever seen. It is the Brave Little Toaster, particularly the flower scene. Here's the video. Now, watch it. <gasps> what the map? You guys really need to watch this movie and do a review on it. Um, Brave Little Toaster is sad. I've also cried it that many times. And the flower scene, yes, also very sad. I have not seen it. Oh, dude, it's, it's tragic. Oh, sorry, um, new entry. The last episode of Fraggle Rock. Can't leave the magic. Fuck! Ah. I, Alex, I warned you about that. I was like, dude, this is going to be the saddest thing you've ever seen in your fucking life. It is going to destroy you as a human. Wow. You weren't ready, were you? Weren't ready. You can't be. Everyone, hop on Netflix, hop on, whatever you got to do. Watch the last, the watch the last two episodes of Fraggle Rock, because it's kind of a, it's kind of a part one and part two thing. Seriously, it will fuck you up. Do it now. Seriously. Do it now. Stop and just do it now. Just do it now. On a lighter note, have you guys ever seen this pizza? And a more modern version of what pizza is he talking about? I, how few, I'm sorry, we don't have time to click on these right now. <laughs> Alex, since you wanted to know what video games 10 out of 10, honestly, I have no 10 out of 10 games. That, some games have come close, like Batman Arkham Asylum and Batman Arkham City. Arkham Asylum? I own that game. Brad owns it. You'll be able to say. I hear it actually is really, really good. Yeah, looks awesome. Uh, also, Brad, since you wanted some recommendations, here are here you go. First, Batman Arkham Asylum. You took that. Took it. Back, uh, Batman Arkham City. Brad, take that now. I will wait till it's cheap. Red Dead Redemption. Now. I played a demo the other day. Burnout Paradise. Okay. Skyrim. 
Oh, own that as well. Brad owns it. I feel good picks. Ghostbusters, the video game. It's not great, but it's also really funny. Okay. Actually, I've heard that as well. Under advisement. Also, I might be sending you guys a voicemail. Sincerely, Alfio. Awesome. Alfio, um, I'll be completely honest. I, ha- I haven't watched the music videos you sent last time because I don't listen to music. Brad hates music. I just, <laughs> he I doesn't just... hate it, but he doesn't like a lot of popular it's just, current music. It doesn't work. I don't, it's not that I can't find something I like. I just don't care about music. It's just not his thing. It's not. And there's nothing wrong with that. It's never ha- it never has been. I'm sorry. I just can't. I don't. I don't listen to music. It just. It doesn't. It doesn't happen. Brad, it's fine. Hey, you don't have to go to West Point. We're cool that you don't like listening to music. <gasps> is it? Is it okay? You like pinning and creaming other things, not songs. Nothing wrong with that. I don't like to pin and cream a song. Sorry. There's nothing wrong with that either. Speaking of voicemails, we got a voicemail here. No. Oh. Hey, Randy Podcast, it's Alfio here. Just wanted to say hi and ask you guys, ask you guys, uh, Alex, you said that uh, Brad's nosebleed reminds you of an urban legend. I wanted to know uh, what was that urban legend. And one of your favorite urban legends, mine, is the Slender Man. Slender Man is the tall, slinky man in a white and a black suit with irrationally tall, long limbs. He usually takes children and is invisible to adults. It's not a real urban legend. It's really actually sorry on the internet. That's kind of one of, one's, that's one of my favorites. It's an internet crazy urban legend. Anyway, that was about it. Oh, and I want to let you know, guys, that I should be sending you guys a package to your P.O. box. You don't know when it will get there due to the fact that I want to wait till after your next episode because I'll be sending a couple goodies in there. Well, that's all for now. Sincerely, Alfio. You know, it's interesting that you picked up on that one random thing I said because I didn't mean to tell you, mention it later, the urban legend, but at the same time, we do so much in an episode, Brad, and we are under kind constraints presently and last time as well. So it's hard to be like, you know what, we'll let things slide. Maybe we'll wait to them later. Right. Um,. I honestly cannot remember the one that was triggered by the blood nosebleed. I had gone to a party the day before, and they were talking about urban legends. Uh, I can tell you another quick one really quick. Um, one that was related to that party, which I can't remember the blood one, but um, there was an, an urban legend where this one and this girl who was at the party swore that it was actually her aunt who did this, whatever. Uh, her aunt went on the uh, Smoky Mountain Trail, the Appalachian Trail, and was a photographer and was taking pictures all the way through. And she never, for some reason, I guess she took it with an old camera, not a digital camera, so she couldn't go back and see what was up. But at the end of her trip, which took months, she came back and was like, all right, guys, everyone come over. We're going to have, like, this big slideshow of all the pictures I took. Sounds awful. Worst aunt in the world. <laughs> and um, as they were going through, she's like, this is this, and this is, you know, the Smoky Mountains, and these are this, da, da, da. This, this is my boyfriend's cock. Yeah, this is my boyfriend's giant dick. And this is a picture of me, weird, and I'm sleeping. I don't remember taking that. Kept, kept clipping through them, and there were more of her just sleeping on different nights by herself in her tent. She did it by herself, Brad. Um, the legend is that while she was asleep, someone snuck into her tent and was taking pictures of her with her own camera during most of the Appalachian Trail. That's creepy. That is creepy. Super creepy. The mountain children think it might have been Slenderman. But they are not sure. <laughs> Can you imagine something creepier? Like this dude who's just tall and lanky that just steals children and make them invisible. Oh, well, it's like the, the fucking Manson. Like, uh, when they would just, like... Because what they did is they would fuck with people before they, you know, eventually killed them. They would just go into their house and, like, move things around. Like, just move all their furniture, like, all over the place. And then just, like, sneak out. 
just to fuck with them. Would you stay around if that happened? Well, what's awesome is that, or what I say awesome, what's sad about that is that we live in a world where people still think magic is real. Right. I heard they killed some witch in Iran, and by witch I mean an innocent woman, because right. witchcraft isn't real. So I'm assuming, also judging by the dinner party conversations I've had, that some people would think like, oh, is my house haunted now? I gotta get a medium in here. Um, someone moved your furniture, you idiot. How about yeah. you get out? Because it's probably a serial killer. Right. Wow. Yeah. Raisins, indeed. Bananas. How awesome was it that we got a voicemail from Alfio? I know! Alfio, I would not put your voice with your writing at all. I know. Neither would I. It's crazy. Yeah. You, you get a sense of someone who is, and then you hear their voice, and it's a completely different world! We, we understand what you actually mean when you speak, because you actually get to use, I guess, conversational speaking, so... Totally within your writing. Totally disconnected. Decipherable, I think is the word you're looking That's, for. That's... yeah. I understand what you're saying without the need of punctuation or commas. Mm. But you're absent in your writing. <laughs> <laughs> Guys, I, Brad Reese... This is the episode where Alex critiques everyone. <laughs> no offense, Alfio. I mean, awesome that you are a fan. We really appreciate all the feedback you give us. Um, and also special tips. Brad, for one, has got Skyrim now in Arkham Asylum, which I know he's going to love. I'm sure. Um, but there's a disconnect between how you communicate vocally and, and your written word. If though, if your written word could be more like vocally, I mean, dude, you're selling yourself short. True that. The written word is a powerful thing. Yeah. Trust me, I'm a critically acclaimed, internationally award-winning playwright. Take his word for it. Trust. But yes, thank you for listening, Alfio. We appreciate your feedback. Please continue. Hello, Ramjack. This is Paul Mackie. I'm at the uh, world-famous Friendly Cole. About to watch the Star Wars Christmas special, holiday special. Uh, so, happy Life Day, and I will talk to you again after the show. This isn't technically a drunk doll, although I did have a pint of Sterling Furious. Alright, bye. Oh, Paul. Oh, good times. Getting into the spirits, as it were, for the holiday season. Oh. Life Day? Love it. Holiday special. What a, that's a fun one. I haven't watched it. I don't think I've watched it since we reviewed it. <laughs> Why would we need to? <laughs> <laughs> That's a good way to spend 20 minutes of a movie. Uh, oh, B. Arthur now? Awesome. Uh-huh. <laughs> Great. Oh, it's a it's a fun... It's Everyone should see it at least once. Oh, of course. It's a fun time. Oh, I think we got another got another message here. Oh. Hello, Ramjack, Paul Mackey. Uh, just in the uh, parking lot of the Bryant Lake Bowl. And, uh, wow. That Star Wars holiday special is, uh... Well, it's something. Um, anyways, uh... Not really anything else to say right now other than uh, just experience the Star Wars holiday special and uh, now I have to drive. Uh, I only had the one beer, so I'm safe. Uh- oh, did it cut off on its did own? It cut off. Oh, no. What a cliffhanger. <laughs> I only had the one beer. I'm saying, I'm sa- ah, where are you? Goodbye, cruel world. Happy life day. Do you think he was snatched by Slenderman? <laughs> oh, be. no. Could be. No. Ah. Paul, you gotta get back at us. I, I gotta True. know. True. Also, where do you work, Paul? I know that's an odd question, but some another one of our listeners asked me that question. For some reason, he said the way that you phrase something, uh, seeing Punky Brewster or something, he thought that you might be working at a video encoding place. I don't know. Please set him straight. He's listening. Um, but yeah. People are curious. They want answers. It's not like Paul was really overwhelmed by the Christmas special at first. It's like I it's think like everyone is. He ran out of the theater and called us immediately just to be like, dude, I just oh. You guys were right. That's some crazy banana stuff. I saw something. <laughs> but right now I'm just going to chill out. I've, I've calmed myself. Why is my car in a different parking space than it was a while ago? That's weird. <laughs> well, see you guys later. <laughs>
I'm dead. Goodbye. Paul, Farewell. please get back at us. We got we got to know if you're all right. Indeed. Oh man. Oh. Brad, happy holidays. Happy holidays. Guys, thank you so much for listening to episode 84 of Ramjack. Woo. Wow, man, climbing up the charts. Climbing up them. It'll be 90 soon. Mm. It's in sight. We're in our hundred. Guys, if you would like to contact us, there's lots of ways you can do that. Join, join the club, and by that I mean the call-in club. You can do that by phoning us at two zero six three three nine five eight nine four. Are you about to be taken by Slenderman? Are you drunk and just want to voice some things to us? What's happening in your life? We don't care. We'll listen. Are you collecting for Anna Martinez? <laughs> Give us a call. Anna Martinez. Pay your creditors. Honey, why did she give us light? I don't understand. How can they get it confused? Well, clearly... Did we inherit have, her Google I think we inherited her, her Trixies. K7 number. Trixies. Yeah. So, guys, yeah, you can call. Again, that number is 206-339-5894. The holiday is getting you down or up? Let us know about it. Hey. Keep us abreast of your holidays festivities. You with family? That's cool. Let us know about it. Are you getting some stocking stuffers? Let us know. Yeah. Are you yeah. hanging out at a Chinese restaurant? That's what I'm doing, and that's awesome. Are you reclaiming your virginity with your cats? That's cool, too. <laughs> with your cats? Are you, <laughs> you mean the cats are forcing to... Are they reclaiming their virginity as well? Reclaim your virginity Reclaim? with your feline friends I'll... that are along for the ride. Guys, if you're reclaiming your cat's virginity, <laughs> please call us. Please call us. Actually, yes, I would love to. I beg to. you to call us. We'll interview you. We'll give you a whole episode to talk about it. We've never interviewed anyone, really, other yeah. than Mike. And Claire. And Claire. Claire, I mean, we just really talked to her about how she copes with 9-11 wasn't it's, her fault. It's not her fault. But yeah, absolutely. Or you can email us, ramjackpodcast at gmail.com. There's Twitter, at ramjackpodcast. Follow us. You'll get the latest news. Subscribe during iTunes. Leave us a review. Yes. Visit the website, curiosityabounds.com forward slash ramjack. There you can find all the album art, and even secrets maybe scattered about if you hover your mouse over certain album arts. And look at those tags on those podcasts. I put a lot of work into that. Brad puts a lot of work. And you, it pays off if you if you want. It does. My favorite on the last one was Deja Eww. <laughs> for pizzas we didn't order. Great stuff. In Great addition stuff. to Alex tiptoes through the tulips. <laughs> I'm very careful sometimes about how I dance around issues on the show. <laughs> <laughs> Thank you for calling me out, friend. Yes. Please join the Facebook group. <laughs> Heather doesn't know how to study. She doesn't. <laughs> Oh, she's just adorable. I love those kids. Go ahead. I'm sorry. The Facebook group. We've got more and more people every day. Indeed. We want you all there. It's a lot of fun. Sometimes people just talk shit about me. <laughs> and Brad's cool with that, you know? I he guess, takes it in you know, stride, you know? Whatever's clever. <laughs> trying to find ways to harass me with fears. <laughs> they really did just pick that up and ran with it. Yeah, they did. You'll notice how I refrain from saying anything. I've been really busy, though, eh? Why don't we get a drawing of Alex's fears? Why don't I draw a picture of you and your fears just to add to the escalation? Let's <laughs> everyone just draw my fears. What everyone needs to draw their own fears and send to the podcast. That's how this is supposed to work. Don't draw my fears or the fears that you you set on me. <laughs> Guys, thank you so much for listening. I, Indeed, we do this show for you. Well, we do it for us we and it. also for the potential of marketing a uh, company that might emerge yes. and or the thirty million dollars multiple installments. <laughs> There's of $30 a lot of reasons we do this show, but you're one of them. Yeah. Somewhere in that list, you're there. You are there. Passion for Belvedere. Yes. Our curiosity of the timelines that course through the Saved by the Bell. And you. Maybe you too. Why can't it be you? Let it be you. We're having these great conversations. You might as well listen. <laughs> Welcome to our group. Welcome to our club. Thank you for listening to Ramjay. Thank you. And happy holidays. Happy holidays. I can't say that with a, with a warmer heart, guys. Happy holidays. Have a good time. I did not even get to mention... 
Did I mention about going to see Scrooge? Not Scrooge, but uh, Christmas Carol on the podcast? No. I might mention that next time on here. Uh, I have done a lot, but it's been so long since we've recorded. Right. So busy, guys. Indeed. I'm so sorry. Indeed. But yes. Alex, this is the last time we're going to be in the studio together for a few weeks. For the rest of the year. Wow. That is pretty nuts, man. Because you're leaving the country. I have to wait weeks to see Belvedere again. I have to wait as well, and I have it here, calling to me with its siren song. Don't give in. I won't. I'll have to watch all my Blu-rays, <laughs> my video games. You'll have plenty to keep you on your entertained. Indeed. Sweet. Um, and I just, I just want to say, uh, AC Slater, um, I know, you know, the military's probably not your thing, but there's always a place for you at the Happy Listen, I am not nice, I am not kind, and I am not wonderful. But uh, tell me more about this, uh, this Christmas. Well, it's a wonderful time of the year. Everyone has lots of fun. You mean they get in fights? No, no, they have fun. Fights are fun. I like fights. And you give each other presents. And when you open them, they explode, right? No, they're nice gifts. Nice doesn't sound like much fun to me. Hey, for Santa Claus. Hurry for Santa Claus. Hurry for Santa Claus. Well, it felt like at that point it should have been, hurry for Ram Jack is saved in front of a listening audience. Ram Jack is saved in front of a listening audience. Hurry for Santa Claus.